What's going on? <laughs> I thought, I thought well, I wonder why Ian's not answering me. I wrote to, to Eve. Ah. But she's really going to wonder why I wrote, yo, bring the motherfucking ruckus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Every uh, every show now, you're writing uh, weird messages to your daughters. <laughs> that was for Ian. That was meant for Ian. Okay, I still have more questions, <laughs> Papa. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. Hey, let's get started. It is episode 356. Uh, we are recording mm. this in Vancouver. We're recording this at Hell Kitty Studios. It's a lovely day out. Not yes. too hot, not too cold. Goldilocks weather. <laughs> is that what it is? It is. That's what she She wouldn't go outside if it was winter. No, this is baby bear and Goldilocks. Mm-hmm. This is uh, absolutely just smack on perfect. Nice. So nice. Uh, the only thing I've got to, to complain about is that I am uh, jet lagged. So I'm very sleepy still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may go to sleep during the show. Okay, but fine. it is not the first time one of us has gone to sleep during the show. I have done that. Yep. <laughs> can you spot where Dave goes to sleep? We will give you a prize I'm, if you if, if you can. Not during uh, not during this show. During full marks. Oh, okay. I drifted off to sleep. Okay, well that's a great endorsement of uh, our our, our spinoff side. It's a good show. It's a good show. But the problem with sitting and reading notes that you've taken and sit up very late doing, yeah, is that. It's dull. All right. Well, let's throw the let's throw the plug out right now for the show that you can hear Dave sleep through. Uh, it's called Full Marks. We go through uh, every Marx Brothers movie. We are up to now. And We're at, the, at the circus. At the circus. Yep. We are, we've got Go West coming up next week. That's right. Uh, so go West is in the can. It is in the can. Yeah, yeah. the Marx Brothers movie in the can is coming up right after that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, if you want to check that out, uh, please do. People seem to be liking it so far, except for Dave, who falls asleep during it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. You know, it's just not my favorite it just, thing. It just lulls you to sleep. I, I think I'm okay. Yeah. Dave said, I need to get more sleep. Uh, right. And I went, can we do a podcast that makes me sleep? Mm-hmm. And we went, yes, we can. Uh, here, just uh, read a bunch of notes until you fall yeah. asleep. To be fair to you, it, it was while I was talking that I fell asleep. Wow. It wasn't when you were talking. It was when I was talking. You know, uh, speaking of such things, <laughs> oh, you and I appeared on Guy McPherson's uh, show, What's So Funny, a while back. And uh, it's a del- delightful show. Yes. You can listen to that as a podcast as well. Sure. As they interview comedians and such, and it's on Co-op Radio in Vancouver. They even interviewed us. That they That's absolutely true. Uh, and uh, I, I did a little interview with him yesterday. Oh. Yes. Oh. Uh, but for the Georgia Strait, because he also writes for the Georgia Strait. Mm. Uh, mm. And uh, in this interview, I was super tired, and I do not remember what I said, Uh-oh. and I'm a little chilled. I had notes. Oh, okay. Uh, had notes. I was supposed to list like 10 things in Vancouver that I liked that were comedy-related or I comics-related. I see. Uh, but he uh, did follow-up questions, and I'm not sure where I rambled to, So because uh, I went to sleep after that. And you wake, you, you're sleeping, you wake up, you do yeah. something, yeah. you go back to sleep, you forget what you did in between, and then, oh, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I did an interview. Ugh. So I'm, uh, <laughs> we'll see next week in the Georgia Strait if I have, uh, burned some bridges. Mm. It mm-hmm. is, it is quite possible. It is quite possible. Yeah. Uh, someone, I can't remember who, but anyway, we, uh, that's an interesting part of this show, actually, is that I can never remember what we talk about. Oh, no, no, no. That's, uh, that's. And I wonder if that's a similar thing with doing your interview where you're, 
you're talking, yeah. but you're also thinking ahead of what you're saying. Well, this... Uh, so when you divide your mind like that, I wonder if it... Well, this is also something I like to call improviser's brain, where you dump what you've done in the show immediately afterwards and can't remember it. And people will say, oh, that scene about blah, blah, blah. I can't remember that at all. Mm-hmm. But the problem is I've got such an improviser's brain that it's tough when I do stand-up uh, because I will forget the set that I did unless it's all completely written out yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And so... Yeah, it's really, but I will remember it if, say, someone else does a similar topic. Okay. Later, I'm like, oh, I remember I've got a bit on that. But if if, if you just said to me, do 10 minutes of stand-up, I'd be, I can't remember nothing. <laughs> you know, unless I unless I can go look at my notes. Because yeah. it's just like purges the thing. So the sure. best show for me to uh, to do was one we used to do called a moose-bouche, where I would uh, host off the top with my friend Riel. And so we'd talk about something topical, and yeah. I'd write something for off the top. But then a comedian would go on and go on for about 15 minutes. And during the course of their set, there would usually be something that I would trigger uh, an old bit of mine that was somewhat connected. Like, oh, okay, and I could go on, I could do a couple of bits of that. Yeah. And someone else would do another 15 minutes and go, ah, yes, I've got something connected to that. Because mm-hmm. I've been doing it for so long, I've got a lot on a lot, but I can't remember it. Yeah. So it was uh, that worked out uh, fine by me. Okay, yeah. okay. Interesting. And I, I had something I was going to say, and now I can't remember what it was. That's okay. Okay. It's too bad. It was really hilarious. It wasn't actually very hilarious at all. It was just a, just a comment, and now I can't remember what it was. But it was pertinent. And pert. Well, uh, and pretty. This was something I talked about yesterday when mm-hmm. I was at the Critical Hit Show, but... Uh, I was going to go to the Critical Hit Show. Oh, you would have heard me talk about this. Then. And I would have heard you talk about it, but I thought, you know what? I'm not going to go tonight because Ian's probably going to mention something he's wanted to talk about in the show. <laughs> and I don't want to spoil it. That's so fine. I'll just I'll just show it. We'll I haven't done it for three months, so it was, uh, it was fun doing it You haven't again. done it for three months? It's been three months. Yeah, I thought it was like about two months, but no, it turns out it was three. Uh, wow. The math checks out. Wow. Yeah, I looked at it and I was like, oh, okay. You uh, are irresponsible. I have been traveling. I've been out of town mm-hmm. for the most part. Sure. Uh, so uh, what That's I was... one way to put it. I, what, what other way would you put it? Irresponsible. Anyway, go on. Okay. Everyone who flies on a plane is irresponsible? Is that what you're oh, saying? totally. Ah, okay. Interesting. <laughs> so you just go to the airport and just yell at planes and go, you bunch of flakes. <laughs> well, really, when you think about Get it... Get a job! When a you're sitting on a plane, you have no responsibilities. Oh, you've got so much responsibility. What are you doing? Keeping it up in the air? You're not doing anything. you got to not kick the seat in front of you. you got to make sure your yeah. elbows don't hit the person in the face next to you. you got so many things. Huh. Oh, so many responsibilities. But I was on the plane yes. for like big... Because we were coming back from Spain. We did a Comic-Con in Spain, Heroes Con. Uh, and uh, so it was like an eight-hour flight to Toronto. Yep. And then a four-hour flight back. Mm-hmm. And on the eight-hour flight, there was a guy who was in front of me who kept dropping things. Uh, and he would reach back to find them and grab my leg. It would be creepy. It was That's this weird. older gentleman that just kept like reaching back as he would seems, drop a pen. Seems suspicious. It does seem suspicious and like yeah. ugh, a lot of that. <laughs> and then there was like a, 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 a toddler who was next to me, like okay. across the aisle. And so mom would let him go free range quite yeah, often. Yeah. And he would decide to come and like slap me. He like what? to slap me. So I was getting it. How from, old was I? Was getting six it from years, six, both six years old, eight years old. Like maybe uh, two. You're allowed to slap back at that age. Two back. You can slap yeah, back. Can yeah. I slap the older gentleman? Because I was getting it from both age spectrums. <laughs> like being really groped during you this eight-hour flight. You can't. You can't slap the older gentleman. So All right. Sorry to tell you that. That's fair and fair. It's okay to slap young children. Mm-hmm. And because it's Air yeah. Canada, mm-hmm. there's not enough time to get to your other flight. That's the air that way. It? Is that right? So often, there's not <laughs> enough time. Because if the first flight is in any way delayed yes. at all... Which is pretty likely. Pretty likely. Mm-hmm. There you go. Like, the flight was delayed by an hour, 
which meant we were going to be arriving when the other plane was boarding. Oh. And it's uh, a sizable airport that you've got to get to the other side of. I have been to that airport, but it's been a long time. Yeah, you got to go down a whole bunch of escalators and then onto a bus and take the bus to the other side and then up more escalators. Yeah. And go through customs. Because uh, you got to go through customs there because you're coming from another country. So th- that takes time, especially yeah. if you're behind two people who uh, have expired passports and are going, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Two Canadians? No. Oh. If it was no. Canadians, I would be okay. That's no. They were, uh, they were Spanish. And uh, they brought expired passports. So they were actually saying... It's okay. Kay? No, it's okay. And it's they, okay. And they couldn't really speak English yeah, yeah. that well. Besides say it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's fine. No, it's not fine at all. Yeah. So uh, that that took up some time as well. Mm. So anyway, a long story short, there was no way to make our flight, and uh, Air Canada was actually real grumperoos about that. Uh, <laughs> where yeah, they, it it was. So you a, missed your flight? Oh, lo- of course. And then they were they were they were mad at you. They were grumperoos about it. Yeah, they bumped us to another flight. Yeah, but you know, then gave you like. Like, we we booked our seats and everything, and it was sure. like, well, fuck that, and you guys are sitting far apart from each other. Oh. So I had to go do the charm offensive and then try to get us sitting together, and I was able to. Uh, luckily, true. because other people were being even more grumperoos. Yeah. So I was just, oh, man, you know, I understand. Boy, howdy. Anyway, listen, my wife is uh, <laughs> and I, you know, if we could sit together, that'd be great. But I understand. I understand yeah. it's hard. Sure. I get it. But if you can do something, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, we understand. Mm-hmm. We don't understand. We're going to complain like hell if you don't. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we really understand. And so we got to sit together and that was okay. This is not, this is not like on the plane you arranged for someone to move to your seat or before no. you got on the plane? No, I... Uh, when you're I, dealing I, with the ticket people. T- I, 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 uh, I talked to some people at the airport. Yeah, and we you, made it happen. You know a guy who, who knows a guy. We, we, we made some things go we down. We made some things work. We made some things go oh, that's down. Good. It was all I'm right. glad to hear that. Uh, it's been so. Here's how I was just thinking. This is how long it's been since uh, how long it's been since I was at that airport. When I was there the first time, it was all prop planes that were there. Okay. They were filming a movie. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, go on with you. You could take that two ways. One, they were filming an old timey <laughs> movie, or two, they were just props. Yes. They're both great. They're Thank both you. excellent jokes. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's something that uh, we all we you know it's tough when you get flown places that are nice yeah. uh and you can't really complain about that but no it'd be churlish something that uh <clears throat> you may want to think think this through before no you i won't because this is the thing something that cons do okay. quite yeah. often not these guys they didn't do this this was their canada's fault yes but the traditional thing is they will book the cheapest flights oh, yeah, possible for sure that don't necessarily connect not at all so you, but so you're stuck in in somewhere in Europe in a in yeah. an in an obscure airport, and mm-hmm. you're like, eh, and uh, <laughs> hoping to find a flight or do yeah, something, yeah, and then it's yeah. a big pain in the ass. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting feeling uh, landing in a different country where you don't speak the language, mm-hmm. um, and you know you get off the plane, and then you suddenly have to like orientate yourself to this new, you know, the airport's confusing. All airports are kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough landing in England and trying to find your way out of Gatwick or, or Heathrow. But to land in, say, Orly or De Gaulle or whatever in, in Paris, and then you're supposed to, like, make your way. All right, good luck. Make your way into the city. And then when you get there, don't forget, you have to try and figure out how the, the metro works as well. Yeah. And then find out where your hotel is. Enjoy yourself. There'll be lots of people who want to help you and also steal your credit card. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You do have to navigate. Mm-hmm. We were pretty successfully... We were really good at avoiding scams all the way to a very last day in Paris when we did get scammed by some guys. 
who are being very helpful at the machine. And they were so helpful and so pushy that you're kind of like, you're kind of stuck. Yeah. You know, you're like, I got to okay, keep my eyes open, make sure I don't get scammed. But yeah, I got scammed. Because they're just so How'd good at it. How'd you get scammed? What's good scammed? Um, I was going to buy like an all-day pass. Yeah. And so I was, what happened was the guy took my credit card, put it into the thing for me, took out the pass, gave them to me, but he switched the all-day pass into a, a just a regular one-way, uh, almost expired pass. Yeah. And took the all day pass for himself. Uh, took all four of them because there was four to of us. Sell them later to and sold them. Sold, yeah, sold them. So yeah, I wish he'd sold them to me for a for a discount. Then I would have been. Yeah. You know. By the way, I've stolen your passes. Would you like them back for a discount? Yes. Yeah. When I was in New York, I had someone do the old one of uh, coming up and uh, saying, uh, "Do you do you, do you live around here?" You know that that one. They give me that, and it's like, okay, it used to be. Uh, do you know what time it is? But now everyone's got a phone, so you can't say. Do you know what time it is? Mm. So I was like, uh, do you live around here? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. Uh, I don't live around here. Uh, and uh, they're like, oh, I uh, I just got off the bus. I do this job, and I got to get money to get on a bus to get back to the. the. It's like it's it's that it's yeah, that yeah. classic. Or yeah. my car broke down. And sure. I'm full of gas. Out of gas. I'm full of gas. I'm full of gas, and I'm da 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 da. I am McDonald's, and now I'm. It's so it's so old a scam. Yeah. That uh, when I did a TV show in uh, 2000, mm-hmm. I did a sketch about that yes. on the show. Sure. Uh, but they did that one. T- they they were pulling that one in New York, and it I just it just made me go. Come on, you're <laughs> New York. I expect the fresh scams. What's this bullshit? Yeah. If you're gonna be this kind of scammy, then mm. I want to see a three card Monty. I want you to you know, find the queen. Give me something old school. Don't give me this hack bullshit. <laughs> uh, Come on. Come on. And I know it's supposed to be like, uh, do you live around here? And now I'm gonna give him instructions. And when I'm giving him instructions, then he's gonna give me the skill. Like, uh, it, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work. You know, like I don't live around here. Well, what 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 was the thing? You were asking me like you weren't gonna ask me directions. You were always gonna ask me for money. So what you're saying doesn't make any sense anyway. Yeah. You're, there's no logical through line to to your scam. Think it through. Think it through. No, you're right. I'm sure I said it before, but I'm just gonna repeat it for people who who don't know the my most. My favorite time when that happened to me was a guy giving me the story. He worked in an architectural office mm-hmm. right at the building, right where we were. I was passing by. Needed to get some money together to go. His wife had had a baby in North Vancouver. Oh, nice. Needed to get the bus there. So he needed some money for that. He was on roller skates. <laughs> I could never figure out what the point of that. Like, how, how can you sell that story? You're an architect yeah. on roller skates. Right. His wife had a baby. Mm-hmm. You need to get to North Vancouver. Right. You have no money, mm-hmm. no credit cards. Architect, no credit cards at all. Yeah, it no. is not a, not a good not a good story. Now I want to see. I the, want good stories. I want to see people. the Fountainhead, but done on roller skates. Let's see a production of that. <laughs> the architect, yeah. Howard Rourke on his roller skates. Is that what his name is? I believe his name is something Rourke. It's something. I'm not. Yeah. I don't think it's Howard. Maybe Rourke. it's John Rourke. Something strong. Something. Yeah. Very strong yeah. name. Yeah. You know, he's going to do it his own way. Anyway, uh, I was going to say is like when we we're in when we we're in Spain. Uh, uh, one, I don't speak Spanish, which uh, I thought I uh, oh. might have been able to, but I don't. That was. That was <laughs> Why would you think that you could? Cause you think like, oh, I understand enough words that I'll be able oh, to okay. get by, but yeah, everyone yeah. speaks it so fast that forget That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You're just out, out of luck. No, yeah. forget it. And I just turn to my wife and go, hmm? and she goes, I get it. And I'm like, all right, good. You can, you can talk to the guy in the cab. Everything's gonna be fine. Um, you kept saying mariachi, and they couldn't understand what you. <laughs> But it was a little different than last. Mariachi? 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 Mariachi. Yeah. Tapas? Andale. Tapas. Andale. Tapas? 
Um, <laughs> I know a lot of words. Sure. Uh, Sombrero? But last time I was there, yeah. uh, the infomercials, all the infomercials at night yeah. were, uh, were, were pornography. They were all but, like... Is that an... Oh, gosh, that was a northern Spain thing, though. They didn't have oh, that yeah. in Madrid. Getting some kind of... Oh, because I mentioned pornography, the uh, the sound one. <laughs> this is a very it's a very prim and proper mix, mixing board. Oh okay. gosh, I'm I'm fading out here. Okay, I never know if it's my headphone. No, it's this here. Hi, hi everyone. Sorry about that. I got fuzzy. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, back to the pornography. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh gosh, darn it. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna unplug myself for it. Wait. All right. I'm gonna pause for a second. Yep. No, I'm not telling my story anymore. <laughs> Back to pornography. No, I'm not going to say, say yeah, it. Every gotta, time I do, no, it breaks the thing. Yeah, we gotta go, All right, here's okay. what it was. Here's what it was. Was, uh, was you know, we, we were kind of curious about that, like how uh, all the infomercials were for uh, porn. And we're like, well, well, how's this work? And, like, there was a phone number that came up, so we assumed it was like, oh, you phone a lady and talk to a lady or something like sure, that. But sure. But then I, I kind of came up with a thing on our most recent trip. I was like, yeah. oh, but what if what if this was just how they do infomercials? Yeah. And it's the same as, like, our stuff, but it's just they lead into it with porn. So it's like the slap chop, but they start with pornography just to get your attention okay. and then suddenly <laughs> work it into where someone's using a sham wow. Sure, sure. And, like, you know, it ends with, but wait, there's more. And, uh, and there is. Well, like that might be a good way to uh, to sell whatever product you you got going on. Very clever. Sell a Roomba or something like that. You know, after you're done, like oh, and the Roomba goes by and cleans it all up. That's nice. Seems very odd, doesn't it? But okay, that's that's your takeoff. But what is it actually? Because now I'm kind of curious. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's phone a lady and talk. Just to her. phone a lady and talk to her. Eh, yeah, not that exciting. Which actually doesn't seem to work. It's like if you've got like pornography on the TV, did yeah. you, what do you need to phone the lady for? I guess you might want to. Take it up a notch yeah. and uh, and talk to someone while you're watching the stuff, I suppose. Eh, but then she's speaking Spanish, so I don't know what's going on anyway, so it wouldn't work for me. <laughs> hola, hola, tapas, tapas. That's right. mariachi. Like, I don't know. Mariachi. Yeah, mariachi, mariachi. Yeah. Burrito, burrito. <laughs> they don't really have a lot of burritos there. That's I more know, a Mexican it's, thing. It's more a Mexican thing. So is the sombrero mm-hmm. and everything else we're saying. Mariachi. And it was a oh. it was a very very nice uh, time. Everyone treated us uh, great. We did some signings. It was very fun. Game of Thrones people were there. That was nice. Uh, they kept feeding us this tomato soup, which was terrible, but everyone loved was it. Like it. a gazpacho. It was a variation on a gazpacho, but it was okay. a creamier version. Hmm. It was like a they call it the sister of a gazpacho, and uh, oh boy, the, just, cr- the creamy sister. Yeah, it's a, a cold. Uh, it's a cold soup. Yeah. It's a cold tomato soup mm. that apparently everyone's mom made them when they were young, so I they see. love it. They love it, so but much. to me, it was just like uh, drinking uh, bad ketchup, <laughs> just no good. And they would throw like some uh, bacon on it, and you go like, "Oh, there's bacon on it." And they go, "No, it's ham." I'm like, "Okay, whatever. It's ham. It's bacon. It's all the same. Fine." Wait, was it was it fried bacon? It was something. Or it fried was, ham? It was like fried ham. 
So bacon. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you got. But everything else was 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 absolutely lovely. But every mm. meal they would try to slip you this soup, and like you'd go like, "Oh, thank goodness we're having a meal without the oh here it comes," and you just like, "No, no." And like at the, on our final meal, they still again slipped us the soup. Yeah. And it was like, oh, "Okay, I'll take a taste," and then you put it to the side, and absolutely everything gets cleared away except for the soup. Like, well, he clearly wants to keep the soup for later because mm. he's going to want to finish this delicious soup. It was just like mom used to make. It's like, oh. <laughs> just the worst terrible huh. terrible but so, bless them for the everything else but uh they i i, I want to show them how to make a better tomato soup i don't want to say your culture is wrong but your culture is wrong when it comes to tomato soup well maybe i'm not so embarrassed now that canadians have found a different way to drink our uh cold tomatoes uh which is uh caesar yeah with a little bit of clam juice yeah something that seems better rather than embarrassing mm-hmm and we went, uh, we finally, we were able to free up a day or an afternoon or three hours and went to a museum and saw, I'm going to say the last name wrong, but the Hieronymus Bosch, 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 yeah, Bosch, say Bosch, Bosch, Hieronymus Bosch. So we saw some uh, Bosch, we saw, cool. you know, the Garden of Earth. Very busy paintings. Oh my gosh, there's so many little details. Yeah. We kept finding little dogs. <laughs> it's like there's another little dog. Oh, there's another little dog. Yeah. Oh, there's like a cloak, and in the cloak, there's little dogs. Wow. Yeah, wow. It's, it's it is interesting seeing them all uh, Big. At once. I I don't like the depiction of hell. That's probably my least favorite painting in the world. But why? Uh, why? Uh, just because it's uh, it's just incredibly creative sadism. Okay. You know, and it's yeah. just like it's yeah. it's everything I don't like. Mm. It's like. Ugh. Uh, but uh, seeing all the rest of the stuff was uh, was great. It was that century's just for laugh, just for laughs uh, pranks, just for laughs gags and gags. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's exactly what it was. So you know, you just have to be in that spirit, I guess, of that sort of time period. It's amazing to think when that those paintings originally existed, how few people ever saw them. Oh, is that right? Where would they uh, where would they reside? The paintings. Well, I mean. Like compared to now, like through oh, yeah, yeah. through books and, and you know, like we've all seen them. I mean, I believe the Fleet Foxes on one of their albums use use Hieronymus Bosch for one of I could be wrong. I think for their first album, which is called Fleet Foxes, I believe that it's a Hieronymus Bosch painting on the they use for the cover. If it's not a Bosch, it's very Bosch like. Yeah. But I just mean like at the time, you know, a lot of them might be in someone's house. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of great paintings would just be in someone's house or they'd be in a church. Yeah. But, you know, which you might get a you know, a few thousand people might come to the church, but nothing like you'd get nowadays where you have it, it's available in so many ways. This is interesting to me, like when you think about in that time, like how little people would know about it, but they would never be able to see it. It's interesting seeing them for real though, like in person. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. we saw in uh, New York, we saw that uh, self-portrait of uh, Van Gogh. See, this is the problem. Just I say got, Van Gogh. You don't have to... You no, have to dude, be, because like, here's, the, here's the thing. No, it is Van Gogh. Listen, it's just you and, and me. And that's why I'm getting the Hieronymus Bach thing was Bosch. Because it's like, it's Bosch, but it's Bach, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> but seeing the, uh, the Van Gogh... Like an uh, Arab he spoke. It really is impactful seeing it yeah. real. Yeah. It's like, oh. You know, but that one was behind glass, so there's a little something that takes it away there. Uh, whereas like the oh, okay. the uh, Bosch uh, was not it's behind right glass, there. and so it just it just becomes real mm, and tactile, sure, yeah. and you see uh, the the, the layers of uh, yeah. yeah layers of uh, paint, mm-hmm. and it's like oh, this is something someone actually made. Yeah, yeah, it's not something that just sprung into existence, which is what it feels like. Those kind of paintings. Yeah, are. yeah, yeah. No, I, it's fascinating. I mean, I'll 
I'll never forget, like, walking away a little, dis- obviously, disappointed from the Mona Lisa room at the Louvre. Yeah. Because it's such because a... you brought your gun and you can't shoot it because it's behind bulletproof glass. Exactly. <laughs> I have one dream, and that is to shoot the Mona Lisa. <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, but it's just a shit show in there. Speaking of shooting, it's just a gong show. Like, it's, you know, it's like 20 people deep, you know, and you're standing back, yeah. and it's a, very, it's a very small painting. And it's, like you say, it's behind glass. And it just feels like it's this remote... You might as well just be looking at it on a television set that's in a different room in the house. Yeah. And, but then uh, we walked over there and then you walk down like, like a half a hallway or whatever, like just a few steps. I shouldn't say a few steps, maybe 10 feet or whatever. And there's a Caravaggio, not behind glass, yeah. not surrounded nope. by gawkers, just ha- this there. And it's, a, it's the, uh, one of, uh, Saul, the, the, uh, what do you want to call it? His conversion, the conversion of Saul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's this beautiful, painting and just so it's it's so much more to me it's so much more impressive oh, than sure, the sure. mona lisa like yeah the mona lisa is okay i don't there are some jaw i don't understand paintings. all the excitement about the mona lisa well i yeah i had a similar thing where i walked into the next room and uh, the venus de milo was there okay and it's just there i could just grab this thing like yeah. like this is ridiculous why why it's the venus de milo yeah. what it's like you see paul mccartney behind <laughs> six inches of uh, glass and then mick mm. jaggers a few feet away just yeah. like sitting on a bench i'm like well what's uh, what's the thing like i get but yeah yeah but funny because we saw the venus de milo on the run trying to get out before it closed oh i thought you said she was on the run she yes. Well, she could. She has her legs. She, has she her just legs. has no arms. She has no arms. That's right. She had a hard time running because she couldn't balance herself with her arms as she was running. Had that, that weird. That is something that I've always thought would be a fun thing to do in your art gallery. Is uh, is like you put up the Venus de Milo, but just the arms, and you just put the mm. arms up there, sure. and just like, yeah, who would know? <laughs> I don't know. People. Yeah. People would know. Here's the Sphinx, just the nose. <laughs> That'd be good. We've got all the bits that broke off. <laughs> who could argue with you? Yeah, who can argue? How you, many more bits? You tell me where it is. How then? many more bits are broken off? Though? Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, obviously, they made her with arms, like yeah. when they made her. Yeah. So uh, what's up? What's up? It's and then uh, the other really impressive room I think in the Louvre is the um, and I wasn't a huge fan of the Louvre. It's kind of too big. Yeah, there's you, nothing you can do. And you just can't like see it all. you can't see it all. You and feel you, like a dope. And then there's lots of it that you know, like after like five rooms of Etruscan pottery you're kind of like yeah I get it the Etruscans made a lot of pottery like what why do you have all of it on display but uh, at a certain point it does become hoarding <laughs> right <laughs> yes it feels that yeah. way it certainly feels that way but is this just a bunch of oven pits why do you have them there's holes in them <laughs> what are you gonna do you can't use them it's a stack of these, these things are, these are Etruscans <laughs> oven mitts we can't throw them away but there's that room of all the French painters, like David and stuff like that. So the, the uh, of course you'd, the current, you'd love David. Yeah, David is so great. But you know, there's that the the um pa- famous painting of the, which I can remember what it was called. But all the guys in the raft. You know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about Washington crossing the Delaware? No, Washington's not on a raft. No, it's like a, it's like a wreckage, and there's people like oh, okay. on this raft at sea. And then there, like I say, there's the <laughs> the um the coronation of of Napoleon when he yeah. compared, declared himself emperor but they're just ginormous like oh yeah they're the huge. size of a wall like obviously anything could be the size of a wall if you make a small enough wall but it's a large <laughs> wall with a big painting on it yeah <laughs> it's yeah. the size of the wall okay that's yeah very good description dave but how big was the wall but it's a that large is something wall. someone did say to us about the boshes and they went, yeah. it's as big as a wall and we went in there not a big wall though it wasn't as big as a huge wall i guess it was you know because mm-hmm. Because there again, if you go to the is it the lingerie or whatever, where they show the laundry, the lingerie. Yeah, where you should see the lingerie. Actually, it's Victoria's Secrets. We went there when we were in Paris. <laughs> okay, went there. I uh, know it was. Uh, it's where they have the um, 
the uh, paintings of the Monet's paintings of the lily, the yes. lily pads. I think that's what they are. Anyway, so they're like they're on these walls that curve, and then the paintings are are long and they kind of curve around. So like kind of anticipating those televisions that that curve. Mm-hmm. I thought very very far sighted. But no, just so you get that sense of of perspective, I guess that kind of surrounds you when you so when you get close to the painting, even your your um whatever it's called your side side vision yeah what's it called peripheral peripheral vision yes thank you your peripheral vision is also you know has the the water lilies yeah in it's it. pretty amazing it is pretty amazing when i was uh i forgot the museum and basically that's all that's there there yeah. is another room of paintings owned by the, by these kind of managers of the time period who obviously collect a lot of stuff as, as in lieu of payment from artists so they have like this nice collection of things but basically that the tuileries that's what actually what it's called okay. right I think so. And uh, yeah, it's just basically just for Monet's. Yeah, we saw some. There were some Monet's in a in a museum or gallery we saw mm-hmm. recently, and I did the cheesy joke of because uh, we were we were looking for it, and then I think Pia said something about like we gotta we gotta get going soon. Yeah. And I went like, yeah, we better hurry. You know, time is Monet. And I oh, said okay. I said that cheese ball joke right, yeah, like yeah. knowing of course she's not gonna laugh at because it's the yeah. stupidest joke. Yeah. And there's someone behind me who was like, ha. <laughs> just really enjoyed that. It was like great. That's good. That's hey, good. that's what you get for eavesdrop, and you get a classic, classic, classic Monet joke. Classic Monet. Enjoy. Joke. Nice of you. That's right. Yeah. Hey, let me throw another one. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> All right, I gotta go. I'll see you guys later. He, Bye. He really does. Catch you later, everybody. <laughs> Bye. The weird thing in uh, Madrid is we mm. went through, yeah, the big museum. Somehow we got in, and then, then, and then, like, is that the Prada? Is that the name Prado, of the museum? Prado, yeah, Prado. Sorry, yeah. and then, Prada is a fashion line. Yes, Prado is a that museum. is a mistake to go to that instead. Yeah. But we got like right in, and then when we were leaving, there was an enormous lineup. Oh, that's odd. Yeah, there was something happened like immediately afterwards. We they're we, bringing we, out the Mona Lisa. Sure, it was on, on loan from the Louvre. Oh, good. Uh, but you, you you try to see it all, and of course you can't. And then you come out and go like, "Oh boy, I wish we could have seen more." And then you realize you're on uh, Museum Gallery Row, and like this street has all the museums on it. Mm. And we're like, mm. "Forget it. There's no <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. It's too much." Yeah, I'm gonna go back and look at uh, comic book pages at the, the con. That <laughs> that's I'm also at. exciting. It is pretty exciting. Oh, I saw some stuff there that I thought, you, you, oh, Dave would like this. Dave would like this. Dave would like this. So much Spiro stuff. Dave would like this. <laughs> I, would, I would enjoy that. I would enjoy that very much. You would. I I have I found some more uh, French comics the other day in Chilliwack. Oh wow! I know. I'm so excited. So do you think like a French guy died and like uh, donated his estate to something and they got sold? I have no idea how they Probably. got them. Dead French guy. Could be sad. <laughs> they did. They did sell them in <laughs> Quebec as well. It's not just. Okay. And in fact, there used to be a bookstore here. Uh, Manhattan Books used to sell um, French comics. Well, there was a straight-out French bookstore that was uh, used to be on Robson Street. There yeah, was that like, was Manhattan Books. Was it just called Manhattan Books? Oh, okay. Yeah. Or was it just straight? Am I, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I there, do was remember, a, there was a place. Did it they was, get replaced by a Starbucks? I'm just going to ask that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what wasn't, that's to be true. fair? Along that street. It was, close, it was close to that. But yeah, it was a, it was a place It was like just French books, yeah. if I yeah. remember correctly. Okay. Yeah, I think Manhattan sold English, but also had like a huge... Uh, French section and also had they would also sell like Spiru and like the magazine and stuff like oh, that nice. and collections and that was pretty great in those days I wasn't that interested in it though because I didn't really know that art it wasn't until later I mean I liked Tintin and Asterix but I wasn't I didn't really pursue it outside of that you know it wasn't until later on that I, I went hey this there's some good stuff here this is a rich rich mine a rich vein of, of uh, gold to, to a mine mm-hmm. and then I, you know you kind of follow that rabbit hole and you kind of go oh I like this and then, oh, I discovered this. And then, oh, I go over here. Oh, this is good, too. Ooh. 
then you end up you end up uh, spending two hundred dollars at a bookstore in Penticton. Yeah. Gaston Legaff, I've got twenty of them. Yes, you would spend a lot of money at <laughs> at the con that we were at. Yes, for sure. It's like this would be an expensive place for Dave. No, <laughs> yeah, not just the trip here, but just uh, but yeah. then this. Yeah, I remember being in Paris once again. Not to keep bringing Paris up, but we were walking along the Seine, and we passed this little uh, bookseller along the Seine, which there was quite a few of those. Right. But this guy was selling strictly old bandesine, like old, you know, albums of of all these great classics, and I just. You know, put my hand to my face and just kept walking <laughs> past it because we were like on such a uh, like yeah. such a strict budget. We like basically all our all our money went for food and getting into things. That was it, right? Because you're buying like the street oysters so you can get there. <laughs> street oysters. Uh, by street oysters, do you mean uh, Parisian hot dogs and crepes? Because that's all we ate the okay. whole trip. We had like one meal in a restaurant in Paris. Okay, one meal. Le King de Baguette. Everything else, no, it was in a nice restaurant. But everything else we uh, we ate just from uh, stands and stuff like that. Because, you know, four people, if you think four people, and it's about 10 euros yeah. um, for each person, that's 40 euros three times a day. That adds up sure. for over two weeks. So we were like trying to keep it down, keep it. Well, we ended up doing. We all lost weight on that trip is what I'm saying. going to markets and Oops. buying. Um, Cheese and uh, baguettes. That's a good idea. And uh, and uh, meats. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you just go meatettes. Meatettes. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, just make yourself a sandwich in the park. Sure, nice. We did that great. too. Yeah, when you get and then you walk by, you walk by those stands you're talking about. Mm. Well, there's some mustard packets. <laughs> grab a grab a. Or if you you do buy something mm. earlier, you grab a couple extra mustard packets, put them in your pocket, or some ketchup, just if you want to fake your own death later. Yeah. <laughs> our, our only problem was well. We probably could have found where we were staying, which was in the uh, the Montmartre part of Paris. Mm-hmm. So we probably could have found a, a grocery store there, but we didn't couldn't really find any, and we just didn't know the area well enough to yeah. want to explore it. And Montmartre, although it has a very glamorous reputation, it was actually kind of a scuzzy area. Like it didn't feel sure. like a place you wanted to like wander around at night too much. Um, basically, you just got off. We just got off the the, the metro and it kind of went whoop into our into our hotel. Uh, and then the girls took the elevator up. I had to walk up the stairs because it was a three-person elevator. Oh, of course. No more than that. Yes. You could forget about it. If I always I... forget that till I go to Europe and like, all right, well, let's get in the elevator. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you and one person in their bags. That's right. <laughs> Me and my ideas. That's <laughs> kind of can't fit in. Yeah. There. Try to get rid of some my of the big ideas. ideas. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, but we did, we did find, we did eventually find a, a, a grocery store where we bought a bunch of uh, things and did that. Had a nice uh, snack in the cemetery there. I, uh, I got to meet a fellow who was a real nice uh, gentleman who uh, created Killmonger. Oh, really? Yeah. Killmonger. Is he any relation? Wait, Killmonger is in a movie, isn't he? Yes. Oh, now I'm going to make you guess. Uh, what movie did you see that had Killmonger in it? You uh, thought it was just okay. That everyone was, uh, else, everyone Black else Panther. thought it was great. Black Panther. That's absolutely yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. Black Panther. Took a minute to, to remember. And yeah. his name was Don McGregor. That was the fella. Okay. He also created uh, Saber. Yes, the, that's yeah, right. And Saber. a whole bunch of other stuff. Did stuff for Eclipse. And so I was doing signings with him. And people were bringing all these old Eclipse books. I'm like, oh, yeah. I got that. I had that. I had that. I had yeah, that. Yeah. But I remember it because the very first issue of the comics journal I ever bought reviewed Saber. Mm. And it was a comic that had nudity in it. Mm. And uh, and I was like, oh, right. there's That's naked right. nakedness, and I was like, what's this about? <laughs> what's so nakedness about? Yeah, what's? Oh, I'm I, really uh, curious. I didn't know comics could have nakedness in it. No, it's Hooray. true. Yeah, you're pretty excited. Yeah, 
And he was showing me uh, a comic, an issue of Saber. It was like about the third issue of Saber. And a woman's giving birth in it. And it's like kind of the full, whoa, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And uh, I said, so do you have any problems with that, with uh, putting that out there? And it's like, what I said to him was, you know, look at the rest of these pages and this gory violence. This is the miracle of birth. <laughs> if you have problems with this, but, but no problems with that. Yeah, you fire me. <laughs> Not gonna. We do it all, or we do none of it. Yeah. The book was canceled very soon. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was from New York. I take it from your. He was so from New York. He reminded okay. me, and uh, I say this in the best possible way. Okay. Of uh, Buddy Hackett, he had that kind oh, of really? quality to him. <laughs> yeah, and his wife was there too, and she was she huh. was very very sweet. And then they showed like old showed me like old comics of theirs, and she was a model. And and sometimes there would be like photos of her in there back oh, wow. in the day. Yeah, wow. it was very cool. But he created a lot of the elements of Wakanda that they used in the movie. Nice. And yeah, so he did he get a little bit of a cheddar chunk of money for little, that? little chickadee cheddar? Yeah, uh, I don't know, possibly. You didn't ask him. Yeah, I didn't ask him. Like, hey, you make a little uh, scritchy scratch. How you doing? You make a little zip, 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 little yes. blip, blap. That's exactly how you ask that question. Yeah. You make uh, some Wakambucks <laughs> off that. Wakando. Yeah. Can you buy a Wakando in Wakanda? <laughs> That'd be good. That's what they call them there, a Wakando. <laughs> we've, we've created a new part of Wakanda. Actually, that was... They, uh, they, they have them there. They just don't show them there. Speaking speaking uh-huh. of that, I was talking yep. to the head writer for the Flash TV show. He was there. Oh, really? And uh, mentioned that I wrote uh, a Flash. He's the only DC character I've ever written is the Flash. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, like, uh, oh, you know, I created this, you know, character in, in that. Yeah. And you created a car for him called the Flash Drive. Yes, that's exactly what yeah. I did when I, uh, and, uh, because he was bringing up all these characters and things that they're going to do in, okay. in, in this okay. new season. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going like, Hey, you should use this character because I created him and then I'll get like a little, uh, a little bit. And he went like, Oh, have you, uh, have you applied for, you know, credit on that? And I'm like, well, what's that about? And they showed me how to do it. And I was like, thank you for telling me this. So I, I did a, an application okay. uh, to have that character registered uh, to me. So if they do use it on the show, I, I get $200. Nice. Sweet, sweet $200. Hey, and I said to who's him. going to say no to that? That's American money. Yeah. It's so much money yeah. in Canada that you don't even have to spend it. You can just walk into a store with it, yeah. show it to people, and they have to give you whatever you want <laughs> just for the, for the privilege of looking at $200 American. Wow. wow. Yeah. Huh. $200 redos. You know what? I hate to tell you this. He believed you. That's shaped his shaped his idea. No, it, he, no. he must come. To he Canada. comes here, yeah, because yeah. the Flash uh, shoots here. Although there's no reason for writers to come here. Yes, there is. Oh, is there? Yeah, you got to check stuff out every so often. Oh, okay. Hey. But would that be just the head writer's job or one of the producers? Yeah. yeah. I would. You don't think have that... to be a freelance writer and uh, show yeah. up in places. Right. Please go to Vancouver. Well, let me and look just around. say, we want this to be authentic. I can't say what's coming up in the Flash this season. But you're excited. Yeah, he showed me some showed me some characters. Showed uh-huh. me a little video of one of the characters. Yeah. Pretty great. Huh. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun and uh, creepy. The yeah. new character side look. And what does side look do? Just looks uh, looks at you askance. Kind of looks side. No, a side look, a sidekick as well. Is he a sidekick? Yeah, a side look, yeah. a sidekick. Yeah. Okay. A sidekick to the starer. It's a little different. Character. Do heroes still have sidekicks, or is that a thing from the past? I don't think people feel that they need a, a child a child figure for identification. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the original idea of, like, say, a Robin and stuff like that was for kids to put themselves in in Robin's place. Yeah, they, beside, with Batman. I was reading. I was reading uh, recently that there's a bit of a problem now with Robin's origin, where the idea of a kid in a traveling family circus going town to town doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense anymore. No, of course it doesn't. But at the time, it made That's a lot of sense. Do. There was a time when, yeah, people traveled 
in medicine shows and stuff like that, and we were entertainers. And so, what's uh, what's Dick Grayson's origin now? If he, he wasn't in a traveling circus, he would have to be in a Cirque du Soleil type circus. Could be in a cir- well, okay, yeah, that's a that's okay, but they don't really travel though. They, they just, do. Do they, they travel? Yeah, like the Cirque du Soleil shows here up here in Vancouver. Every so often, they set up by Science World. They uh, they're here for like two yeah, weeks, I guess. But you don't really see like Love doesn't travel. No, you know, there's, there's Love shows. really doesn't travel, Dave. You're right. Doesn't travel very well at all. I'm talking about the. Cirque du Soleil. Or whatever their uh, show, sex show is. Their show Sex. Yeah, they got... There's something, but there's like a kind mm. of dirty uh, Cirque du Soleil show as well. Okay. That you would think would be Love, but Love is the Beatles one. Okay. Right. It's a little sketch show called Carnet de Carnality. Ooh. But I, I don't think those ones leave Las Vegas, for instance. They're just there all the time. No, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And you have to go to they Vegas. They have to stay in Vegas. That's, the, that's their slogan. Yeah. Once you are in Vegas, you cannot leave. Yeah. And as everyone knows, all roads lead to pretend Rome. So you have to Caesar's Palace. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Very good. So have you ever been to Vegas? I have never been to Vegas. Would you go to Vegas? Only to see a show mm-hmm. like Love, Mike Love, not War. Oh, what a drag for Mike Love! What no, he can't have his own Cirque du Soleil show called Love. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's too bad for him. I feel sorry for him because that was certainly in the pipeline before that Beatles one came mm-hmm. about. Uh, I would go there. I'd like to see um, Penn and Teller perform live, right. do, like do a magic show. Although I've heard it's very expensive. But really, I'm much more interested in going to Gr- the Grand Canyon than I am going to see Las Vegas. Las Vegas is really pretty un- pretty uninteresting to me. Because as a person who doesn't drink, isn't interested in gambling, doesn't enjoy flashing lights. Oh, you don't like flashing lights? They're okay. I prefer I, just solid lights. I prefer solids. I love a flashing light. Yeah? Yeah, I love a... Like, if you put Christmas lights up, but you'd want flashing Christmas lights. Oh. See, I'm a guy, I just like them solid. I don't want them I like a Times Square. I like um, a Brighton, you know, kind of boardwalky yeah. thing with lots of lights. Okay. I like all that kind of business. Sure. Uh, so I think I would like a Vegas for that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Have you been to Vegas? I've never been to Vegas, no. Why not? Uh, I think it's because I have never been with anyone who wants to go to Vegas. <laughs> I've never been with a gambler. Yeah. You know, okay. and again, we, I think the thing would be seeing shows, but it feels weird to go somewhere to see a show. Why not then go to New York and see Broadway shows? You know, well, I but get you're going there to see something specific. You're going to see, right? you really would be going to see Penn and Teller. That's basically why I would want to go there. Yeah. Penn and Teller no and reason. Love, and that's about. Yep. That would be What it else is there? I'd be like, okay, I'm done. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go see the Grand Canyon. Yeehaw. As everyone says when they go is see the, the Grand, Grand Canyon. Is the Grand Canyon, or is it very far from Las Vegas? I don't think it's that far. It's, isn't it in Isn't it in Nevada? Isn't that where Las Vegas is? Las Vegas, Nevada, right? You're the American, brother. You I, gotta tell Well, them. but I'm I, I'm an American in the sense that I have a passport. Yeah, that's American. But I don't... I'm not you're American, American in the sense that I'm not you're American an American, in the sense that, that I, you have proof that you're American and you're American. I'm not American in the sense that I know the geography of America. Yeah. Although that probably makes me an American, actually, when I think about it. So, yeah, I am an American. I don't know anything about that country. So, you would go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. You would look at it. Go, wow. Yeah. Then would you would you ride a burrow down uh, down it? That'd or? be fun. I'd like to go on that glass platform that goes out over top of it so you can look down. Ooh, okay. That'd be kind of, that'd be pretty cool. And yeah, that'd be fun. I would, I'd like to go down to the, to the bottom floor. The whole way down, I'd be like, sixth floor, ladies lingerie. Mm-hmm. People love that stuff. They, they do. Fifth floor, Paris's famous lingerie. Yep. And you know what? You'd have a lot of time to workshop the material as you're going down. And then if they don't like it, you'd be going down very quickly. Well, that's right. You do have to put up with your critics. I wonder if anyone ever base jumps there. Ah, well, I'm sure they've tried or do or... I think... 
I don't know, actually. I think there's places where I think the the um uh, the park, whatever the park services are, I don't think they're very happy with people who come in and do base jumping. I know that they can do it in like they do it in Yellowstone, but they kind of do it like with a like special permission almost, sort of like we'll kind of let this happen, but we don't like it. Yeah, because it's so dangerous. Like it's just like there's fatalities all the time from base jumping. Yeah. So I, I don't think they like it very much because it's a lot to clean up. Well, won't nature just take care of that if you just leave it for like two days? I guess, but you don't want to attract the sort of <laughs> problems. Okay. <laughs> we don't want to give the animals in a park the taste of human flesh. Oh, they we don't, know. We don't want them they to. They know. They don't. They really don't. Do you think we're that tasty that once they get a little uh, of us, they, they'll never... Well, when they realize, never, when they once realize how easy Paris, it is to get. Yeah. When, how, when they realize how easy it is to get from us and... Uh, Oh, you think like that's the way it's going to go? It's like they're going to have a taste of human flesh and just go, yeah. we should just like peel this off their skin. Well, they'll be like, well, that tastes good. And they're not, they're just walking around. <laughs> like, what are and they... they've never in, in their lives figured this out. They've never no, had a taste well, of No, they're it. not figuring stuff out. They're animals. Animals don't like walk around calculating things. Do you think like if your dog tasted you like. Dogs don't t- calculate. Yeah, but if, if like somehow you like uh, lost a finger and the dog like grabbed the finger and ate it, uh, it would go, oh, I get it. And then, like, you'd be, like, no, kind of, like stalking I don't you. And I don't think a dog, like a I don't nice... think that would happen with a dog. Okay. But dogs are different. Dogs aren't wild animals. Dogs are different. They're domesticated. Okay. But if you were, like, out uh, cutting wood and, like, a wolf uh, yeah. got a hold of your finger, yeah. you'd be like, hey, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to try the rest of this guy. Sure. Hmm. I do think that. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not saying, like, well, it'd be, yeah, he would. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, this is good. And there he is over there. All he has is that axe. If five, if five of us run up, two, you three of us go behind him. He's not going to be able to stop this from happening. Wow, the the wolf's got a plan, and he's communicating they, with his friends. I don't think that they. Well, they do plan. I think that they know how to hunt, so yes. they would. They they have a formation. They do do a pincer situation. They don't. They, I don't think they have a chalkboard in the in a cave somewhere. They go, Fred. I want you to. You're the X here, and I want you to go around. You're going to do a side move. Mm-hmm. Albert, now you come in this way. I used my own dog's name there. Okay. I just couldn't think of another name, so I used my own. How about Thomas? Name. Thomas Wolf. <laughs> Thomas Wolf, come <laughs> over here. Yeah. Virginia. Peter Wolf. Yeah. You Virginia come over. Wolf. Peter Wolf. Virginia Wolf, come on over here. Uh, Michelle Tom Wolf. Wolf. Tom Wolf, come in. Michelle Wolf, and no more jokes from you, Michelle. <laughs> come on, I just want to do some jokes about stuff. <laughs> Let me just do some jokes. I've actually never heard her. Oh, she's good. Okay. Uh, the correspondence in her, she did some good jokes. I, I've heard of her. Oh, you should watch. Apparently, the she was very shocking. Yeah, she was. And people were just, oh, how yeah, did you say I can't such believe things? that you did jokes. I can't believe that you came and you and you said bad jokes about people. I don't know what was said, this like a roast? Didn't say bad jokes, but just said jokes. Yeah. Oh, mean jokes. Mean jokes. Said, that's said true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what you do at the White House Correspondence Center. That's is what it really? A, is it really a roast though? Here's what it is. Unless Rich, I'm not. I'm not condemning little her. Is doing it. I'm not condemning her. Unless Rich Little is doing it, then no. But here's what it here's what it feels like it always is every year. It's the same deal as the um, uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition, and every every year. The, oh, so they're in a bit. They're in a bikini doing this. No, every every year uh, there's a news story that goes. Uh, the new Sports Illustrated swimsuit editions out. Okay. Do they go too far? <laughs> okay. Do they go too far? And there's some kind of faux controversy about what that was said, yeah, what yeah. was done, and yeah. showing too much of this. And yeah. it's the same thing with the White House Correspondence Dinner. It's like, does it go too far? Yeah. Was that too mean? Yeah. 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 It was. I remember, like, on. Okay. Here's 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 the thing uh, that kind of relates to uh, something that happened this week. Um, so back when it was like Saturday Night Live's 40th anniversary. They, I remember that. Yeah, they were doing a Jeopardy uh, sketch 
and it was celebrity. Uh, they did a celebrity Jeopardy thing where uh, uh, they they went to a category, and you'd have like a celebrity uh, going, "Here's the question or the answer." Mm-hmm. Okay, and so it was something about how to go to sleep or something, but it was supposed to be Eddie Murphy playing Bill Cosby. Mm. And uh, he was going to do it up until like the day and then went, no, you know what? Uh, I don't want to hit the guy when he's down. I feel bad. I don't, I'm not going to do it. And so Keenan Thompson did it and got a fairly good laugh. But when I heard afterwards that Eddie Murphy was supposed to do it, I was like, oh shit, if it was Eddie Murphy, the place would have exploded. Yeah. It would have the biggest, it would have been the biggest laugh of the night. It would have been so huge. Yeah. And I was like, well, why didn't Eddie Murphy want to do it? And I was like, oh, of course. Cause immediately afterwards, you're going to have, did Eddie Murphy go too far? Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be a controversy. Mm-hmm. And then when they do that, they'll go, hey, you know what happened with Eddie Murphy is, yeah. he picked up that person who was trans, yeah. prostitute. And he had this, oh, remember that he also, uh, had the baby with the lady and said it wasn't his baby and then it was his baby and it was his yeah. baby and he's is got that the movie the golden child <laughs> yes okay. the plot to the movie the golden child okay, with that spice girl that he got pregnant um was it a spice girl he got yeah, pregnant it was mel b not mel b well who's mel b who's scary who's spice. The, uh yeah scary spice yeah mel c is sporty spice oh my god there's too many mel's yeah. I was thinking that it was uh, Vic Tabak, Mel from uh, <laughs> show Alice. That's Mel D. Mel you got me knocked up, Betty. <laughs> what are you going to do? Mel's diner. These dingy broads are here and I got to <laughs> look after them while having your baby. <laughs> dingy broads. Yeah. I always like the hat he wore. It was a good hat. It was a very good. And he was also in the movie that uh, that uh, you know spun off into it. Alice Mar- doesn't Martin Scorsese's movie. Yeah, doesn't live here anymore, which was not a comedy by any means. No. And then it spun off into it's a, a weird, sitcom, a like a broad thing. sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Weird. It's weird. In, okay, here it's weird. It's weird in lots of ways. The, oh, let me count the ways. Go, please continue. Well, what? That's one one thing I think is weird about it is like it's so atypical to what Martin Scorsese is allowed to do now. Because I feel like we only allow Martin Scorsese to do a certain type of yeah, film. Yeah, there's no Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Well, we're not in, like if he does if he does The Silence, everyone's just like a yawn. But if he does Goodfellas or a version of, yeah. of gangster film, gangster Pete goes bananas. That's right. We're all like woo. <laughs> yeah. But if he does like you know, so it's weird that at that time he did Mean Streets, obviously, mm-hmm. but he also did Boxcar Bertha, which is kind of like a gangster movie okay. kind of thing, or, or a Criminals on the Run or on the Lamb sort of thing, and then uh, Mean Streets. And then, but then Elsa doesn't live here anymore. Yeah. And New York, New York, which is a musical with Liza Minnelli and right. Robert De Niro and The Last Waltz. And then, but then like Taxi Driver and then Goodfellas. It seemed to, he seems to get, and Raging Bull, he seemed to get locked into this, you know, idea of what he does, which wasn't really true. But now it's in After Hours as well. Like yeah, yeah. all these movies there, or The King of Comedy, like they're all so different. Sure. And yet in her mind, uh, Martin Scorsese immediately. Yeah. Gangster movies. How many gangster movies has he done? Mm-hmm. Three. But good ones. They're really good. He did the gangster movies with yeah. the exception of The Godfather. Yeah, yeah. Take The Godfather out of the mix where the gangster movies. Yeah. These ones. Good, good those two guys together. That's it. Main Streets, yeah. Has he done any other ones besides those? I don't think so. Gangs of New York? I guess Gangs of New York, yeah. I guess that's a gangster movie. It's not really the same, but No, yeah. but it's in yeah. the title, it's, so you got to go with that. It's in the title. That's true. You win by Departed, default. Departed? Uh, I guess that's a gangster movie. Yeah, that's... that's yeah, I guess yeah. you're right there. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, Isn't it I mean, weird, said, though, that, that you go, like, Alice was a Martin Scorsese sitcom? That's, <laughs> isn't it? Like it he, Like, he must have made some serious bank off that sitcom. Would like, he? 
Yes. As a, he didn't write it. He was just the director. Yes, but if, if a movie that you direct spins yeah. off into something, you yeah. will get a cut of that. Okay, well, that's For fun. sure. So he was making, and that show ran for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Martin Scorsese oh. was getting some checks. I'm glad to hear from, that. Uh, I'm, I am too. I'm glad to hear that. And then, so speaking of gangster, the weird bit about Alice to me was in the later season, like the whole thing was Alice wanted to sing. And want to be a singer. And yeah. so occasionally you'd have her sing. And they're like, yeah, oh, that's fine. But then in the later episodes, they got into this really weird thing where, like, uh, I believe, like, uh, Vic Tabak's character, Mel, got in some trouble with some bad dudes who we owed money to. Yeah. And so uh, Alice uh, dressed up as a guy who was a gangster. Okay. And, uh, what? And, and, yeah. And was, like, intimidating the gangsters okay. with uh, things. Yeah. And so it was gangstering it up. And it was so popular that they kept bringing that character back uh. a lot, where she'd just go full, full drag yeah. and just like go into it, and she was pretty, pretty good. It would just gave a weird twist to the show. Yeah. But after Flo left, we needed a little something to brighten our we, spirits. Did she get her own show? Did she spin off into her own show? Yeah, that didn't last very long. No. And and she was replaced by yeah. the actress who played Flo in Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Oh, Diane Lane. Yes. Or Diane Ladd, I should say. Yes. Diane Ladd. Huh. Was the show called Go With the Flow? <laughs> yes. Okay. It was Morning Flow. <laughs> no. Anti-Flow. Um, why is this show more popular? We called it Anti-Flow and it's got this little kids element to it. No, it's not working. No. Um, you don't make your funny side character your lead. No. That's right. That's the Unless thing. Unless you're Rhoda and even then, I don't know if that totally worked ever. Yeah. Alice doesn't live here anymore and then it has the interesting element. It has Jodie Foster in it mm-hmm. as a d- juvenile delinquent who... who, who uh, uh, misleads or leads uh, uh, Alice's son astray into a life of crime as the shoplifter or whatever, and they get caught. And that's a whole. It's just got these different yeah. elements, but it's but it's more about. It's an interesting film because it's 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 like this weird kind of uh, slice of life in the true sense that it's just like we're just going to look at someone's life in this particular time. Yep. In this particular moment, what's going to happen to them? And then it's just going to end. It's not going to really resolve nope. necessarily. Because it's the 70s. We don't have to end it. We don't things. have to end it. And that's great. I do love 70s Here come endings. the credits. Here we go. It's over. But yeah, it's just kind of has that, you know, her her leaving where she lives, coming to this place, ending up kind of st- stuck there because she can't go any farther because the car breaks down or whatever. Yeah. And then she get hooks up with a guy who's a jerk. And we have that kind of. That sort of plot line running through it part through part right. of it. We got the Chris Christopherson thing. Yeah. He's a different thing. He's a guy who's nice. Yeah. A rancher who who kind of falls in love with her when he meets her at the restaurant. Man, that guy works a lot, huh? Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. You don't think really of mm-hmm. as like an actor actor because you think of him as a musician. a musician. Yeah, for sure. But dear lord, the guy works a lot and mm-hmm. is in a lot of movies and some pretty good ones. Yes, I'm thinking. A lot. I'm thinking Blade too when I say that. Very good. Uh, yeah, he was also a Rhodes Scholar. Did you know that? I did not know. Now you do. <laughs> I have nothing else to say about it, but he he was a Rhodes Scholar. He won won a scholarship. Any Rhodes, he'd point to and he'd go, uh, "I know what that one is. That's, <laughs> that's, Main, that's Main Street." I am a Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> and he he's before Google. There's Chris. And they go like, "Wow, well, what's this movie? Yeah. Mean Streets." Oh, he could uh, do uh, he could do movies based on that's streets right. as well. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Before Google, How about Maps? this TV show, Sesame Street. Oh, he knew it all. Oh, everything. He's great. No, yeah, he was a Rhodes Scholar. I think that's kind of impressive. No, it absolutely is impressive. I'm going to tell you some dumb trivia now. Oh, Here's okay. The dumb trivia about Chris Christopherson about the about the sitcom Alice. Okay, All right. it's not even interesting. I just did you watch get, it when you were a kid? Yeah, I, I got. I played outside more than I got to get. I got this out of my system. Okay, so her son, her son. I forget. I forget the actor's name, but it was like I think McKeon was his last name. But his sister 
was Joe on Facts oh, yeah, of Life. I was going to say, was it the same uh, McKeon? That's right. And, and people can normally go like, oh, I know that. Oh, that's great. But they have another sibling oh. who was the kid in On Golden Pond. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there wow. you go. There's the whole McKeon uh, tribe. Hmm. I just watched Jane Fonda on uh, Norm MacDonald's show. Did she uh, try to kiss him like she did with Colbert on his show? No, he kissed her. Oh, did they really kiss? Yeah. She she likes to kiss. Why not? How'd she's, it go? She's 70. It was long. It was a long kiss. Yeah, but how, how was and the... Norm, uh, Norm was really into it. Okay. He was really into it. Sure. Um, how'd it go? It was interesting. Uh, it's, it's it's kind of a curious show because it's it more... It is. I mean, he, it's the same as his web... They had like a show on YouTube that if you wanted to watch it, you could watch but that. But because it's that a, show goes on so long... Yeah. It it kind of works a little better because it's surreal and, and has the natural like weird ebbs and flows yeah. work when it goes so long. Yeah. But yeah. when it's so short and then so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind it because I, I feel like it a gets... A lot of people don't mind it. I feel like it gets something out of the, the interview E uh, in that sort of situation more than you would get from in a, in a more regular he interview situation. He did a good situation. interview with uh, Chevy Chase. I thought he got more out of Chevy Chase than I watched people that have one. for, uh, I watched for that a good one while. And Chevy Chase came across okay in it. Yeah, and which is yeah. like a tough thing to do because Chevy is going to try at some point to uh, to do something wrong, uh, but yeah, but he set him up weird... well for yeah. like, hey, do that thing where you blow your nose like John Belushi, mm-hmm. and like, all right, and he gets a good laugh, and you can yeah. tell like Chevy's like happy to be getting a laugh with this bit, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. it's like, all right, yeah, he sets him up, he sets him up, mm-hmm. he sets him up, and I think, and then Norm likes him because he worked with him in in that movie Bad Be Bad something other. I, I knew it before you said that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bad business. Uh, hey, business. Uh, risky business. Dirty business. Dirty, dirty, dirty work. Dirty, dirty work. work. Yeah. <laughs> Go get there. Find a way there. So they worked together on that. And so I think he, you know, so he has like some affection for him from working yep. with him, uh, which is probably one of the few people who have affection for Chevy Chase after working with him. Because apparently he obviously it shakes me as a kind of a, an, an abrasive person. But it was into, I, what was curious is for some reason, I wasn't like, I didn't Google Chevy Chase. I didn't watch anything but Chevy Chase on my phone, on YouTube or anything. But I got, after I watched that Norm thing, I got this YouTube video about Chevy Chase from like a Washington Post reporter interviewing him at his home. Oh, okay. And I guess they're friends. They've been yeah. friends for a while. And it's just sort of like a filmed... I think that just became a popular thing like to see. I think that just was oh, in okay. rotation. So it not necessarily was yeah, I connected see. with that. But I yeah, see. I watched that as well. Okay. And I thought he came off weird in that one. Yeah. And a little kind of... This kind of and strange. the guy was really trying with that to uh, to to also kind of boost him up a bit. You to humanize like, him and make yeah, it, yeah. and it's like yeah. first thing he spills all the water on himself, and it's like, well, what do we do about this? And he's like, yeah. ah, that was a good bit, bit. Oh no, it was such a crusty the cr- clown moment. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what bit? <laughs> <laughs> but what I thought was interesting when he said he that he regretted leaving Saturday Night Live, and then he yeah, and then he wanted to go back, you know, but they probably wouldn't have taken him back anyway because I think I don't think he left under No, the... him and Bill Murray uh, hated each other. Mm. And like he went back and him and Bill Murray mention... got into a fight, mm. like like into a fist fight. Oh wow, wow. Yeah. Cuz yeah, he he leaves out Bill Murray when he's just talking about people that he likes yeah. from that time period. Cuz uh Bill Murray felt like he had to defend the the rest of the cast and and and, and what have you. And uh, Chevy was being like a jerk and so Bill as the new guy felt he had to stand up to him and yeah, yeah I, I don't know if it came to blows, but I think it did come to blows. Mm, no, it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. He's from Chicago. And uh, almost every show that he hosted after that, someone's got like a terrible story. And like Will Ferrell says he was the worst host that they ever had. Mm, and uh, mm. when he was hosting with uh, kind of the Jane Cusack, uh, Robert Downey Jr. 
uh, cast. Okay. There was a guy, Terry Sweeney, who was the first uh, gay, openly gay uh, performer. And he said, oh, you should do a thing on the show uh, where uh, you weigh him every week to see if like AIDS has like consumed him. Uh, you know, and we'll check in with him every week. It'll be funny. So is that? Yeah. It's tough because when you're the edgy guy, yeah, like it's tough. You're edge. You're the edgy guy. Yeah. But then something happens, and now you're just the jerk. Yeah. But, but you. But you. Some people can still ride that edge, mm. and it's and it's and 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 be that. How can you do that? Okay, so you can be edgy when I feel like you can be edgy when you're young, but you reach a certain age where your edginess because you're not hip anymore. Yeah. So your edginess, it's not a hip edge. It's like a curmudgeonly edginess. And that's just grumpiness or just kind of meanness. Yeah. And I wonder if that's part of it. But how can you ride that? Like, He's good in movies. He's good in Fletch. <laughs> he's good in Caddyshack. But this, this is young. That's he's, young, young, young. He's good in Three Amigos. Yeah, he's good in Three Amigos. He's not that young in Three Amigos. No. You know, uh, where he's just playing a dumb guy mm-hmm. in Three Amigos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think like there, he's going up against authority. And yeah. so you set up authority, and then it's good to be the edgy guy against authority. That's great. But when you're the edgy guy against regular people or your peers or people who are a little below you, yeah. now you're an asshole. That's it. Because you now you're the guy in power. And, uh, and, and yeah, and you gotta, and you can be that, but then you've gotta be so funny. You've gotta be so funny. And Mm. then you've gotta not care if you're not funny. And he does seem to care if he's not funny. Yeah. And he seems, he seems sad at the things where he's, (laughs) he's not doing well. Yes, yes. It's I mean, I think people want wanted, at least for a while, wanted Chevy Chase to have a comeback. Yeah. Like, they wanted him on Community to do well. Yeah, yeah. They were like, we're rooting for you. Nah, you can't, fine. <laughs> and you look at the other two amigos. You look at, like, Steve Martin. You look at uh, Martin Short. Yeah. You know, those are his peers. Mm-hmm. And those guys are still charming and yeah. beloved. And yeah. it's like, yeah, they're just not assholes. Mm. And so, there you go. And yeah, but they've there you evolved. Go. Okay, that's change. a good that's a good example. So when when uh, Martin Short's doing his Jiminy Glick character, yeah, that's a very catty character. That's a mean character that yes. he does. But he does it in such a way that for whatever reason it works. Yeah, it's so clownish. Yeah, I yeah, and the it. voice is so silly, <laughs> and the people reacting to it. Yeah, he edits it usually in a way where they're laughing at what's being said and having a good time with it. He's yeah. not doing. The Zach Galifianakis thing, where he's trying to do Make faux awkward, awkwardness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, I'm doing this, but it's definitely out of love, and we're having fun with yeah, it because yeah. this is just so stupid. Because I'm in a fat suit doing the doing the this voice yeah. and doing the this voice. <laughs> you know, it's just like both incredibly silly voices. Yeah, it's funny though. There was an episode with a character actor, and he might have been playing it straight. Mm-hmm. Like, might have just been doing, doing a deadpan. Uh, Charles thing. Grodin type type. Yeah, yeah, and where he was taking it seriously and kept answering the question seriously and not understanding <laughs> why they were. Why he wasn't, you know, why he kept misunder- purposely misunderstanding right. things. He's trying to correct him and stuff. But that may have been, a, once again, a case where someone was just I'm going deadpanning to, I'm going to bet that's the case because, once yeah. again, if you've got this guy, <laughs> this guy, and you're in the giant fat suit and you're constantly rolling around and you're going, this is a serious interview. I'm going to try and really... Keep this keep this together. Yeah. I wonder where no. Martin Short went. <laughs> I'm not quite uh, sure. Funny, Mike was still with us to talk about working on that movie. Hmm. Yeah, sad. That's right. He did work uh, on. Uh... He, well, he was the body double for for Jiminy Glick right. in the movie. So yeah, he was there. He was there all the time and got to experience you know the whole thing. Right. Our friend Mike Roberts, uh, who uh, yeah, um, very very funny fellow in his in his own right. Uh, but yeah, I forgot there was a movie. Yes. 
something does Hollywood or yeah. Did you ever see the Martin Short film Clifford? You know what? I always wanted to, but I didn't. Because isn't that Charles Grodin as well? Yeah. And I thought and he what? plays a little boy. That seems like a great combination to yeah. me for some reason. Well, we'll have to go get. You know what? <laughs> Someone's got to like put that in their top ten movies, and then we'll make us uh, watch it. We'll yeah. have to do it. Yeah. Speaking of uh, top ten movies, Dave. Before we get to that, can we do? Can we do something else? Okay. Very good. I always try to say it around the the hour and ten minute point. But go ahead. We can get to whatever you want. Uh, these are 25, 23 emotions people feel but can't explain. Okay. And uh, but these are words that are used to describe them. Okay. And uh, so you can make a guess, or if you don't want to make a guess, we can just talk about the... Sure, let's, the let's, let's go through. Okay, so here's the first word. The word itself is sonder, S-O-N-D-E-R, sonder. Okay, I would say somber, wandering. Hmm. The realization that each passerby has a life as vivid and complex as your own. Oh, all right. Okay, sure. Have you ever had that yeah. experience? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I ever have. I don't feel like I'm a real crazy narcissist, but I don't know if I ever walked past someone and... I oh, thought to myself, yeah. I wonder where this, maybe I have thought that. Sometimes I wonder where this person's going. Go, here's, here's where I think it's always weird. It's like if I'm in a hotel, ro- a hotel room and I go, this whole hotel is for the most part asleep. Yeah. And all these people in, in this uh, hotel are all having dreams. And they're all having these surreal dreams that relate to things specifically to them. Mm-hmm. And everyone, everyone that you see uh, goes into a surreal, non-linear uh, fantasy every night. Yeah. That just recreates all this stuff. And we're all cool with it. And it's fine. Yeah. That's weird. But like, guess, so we all have our own like full lives and experiences and we've all got our own saddest moments and happiest moments and all this. But we also all have this really freaky thing that happens to us every, every night. All of us. And uh, yeah, that's just strange to me. That we wake up in the morning and just go to work and you get on the bus and everyone looks somber and everyone's like, mm. and it's like, <laughs> you were like flying a dragon last night. And we're all uh, we're like, hey, you know the most boring thing? Tell yeah. us some of your dreams. It's the most boring thing. Really? That thing where you just like were, whoa! It's like, yeah, mm, don't share it with people. No one no one cares about that. It's, it's interesting to me. I had a dream the other night that I crashed my car three times. No one cares, times. Dave. No one cares. It's boring dreams. <laughs> sorry. No, okay. Sorry. <laughs> crashed your car three times. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. And it seemed very it seemed very kind of stressful in the dream until I realized it was a dream. Okay. There's some point when, in the dream where I'm just like... Oh wait a second! This is a dream. My car isn't really broken. Don't uh, don't tell your insurance company that because it counts if you have an accident in your dreams. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I will keep it under my hat. Uh, this word is opia. O p i a. Okay, I would say like uh, being happy for no reason. The ambiguous intensity of looking someone in the eye, which can feel simultaneously invasive and vulnerable. Oh, okay. There's a thing today when I was watching the Kavanaugh uh, kind of uh, thing yeah. where uh, the final the final guy interviewing went, look me in the eye. All right. Did you do it? I'm like, no, I didn't do it. Look me in the eye. And I was like, like, like this guy thinks he knows how, mm. like, I'll crack you by my looking. Yeah. I can read you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember being a kid and like some teachers saying that, look me in the eye and tell me this thing. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm going to lie. And like, all right, I believe you. Oh, that well, doesn't works. work at all. Yeah, it all yeah, worked fine. Yeah. But yeah, it's an interesting feeling. Okay. It is an... In- uh, do you look at people in the eye when you're talking to them? Try not to, no. Why? Don't like it. Because <laughs> it's intense and vulnerable? Yeah, it's... it's uh, ugh. Don't like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I tend to look away when I'm talking to people. I'll look around. Yeah, when I saw the the movie Rain Man, and it was like, you can't look people in the eye. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Of course, you get more done when you don't look people in the eye. You can actually... It's easier to tell the truth. One problem I have is, um, you know that... Uh, I don't know. There's a there's a word for it. It's like that, but it's where you 
you have the urge to do an inappropriate act. Sure. Although you know it's inappropriate, mm-hmm. which is mostly I want to kiss someone when I'm talking to them. Yeah. Even like men. Yeah. Which is very weird because yeah. I don't usually feel like kissing men. Um, but it's a weird like thing that'll pass through my head while I'm. So I, I tend to not want to engage that directly with people. Sure. Because I have that weird desire. Yeah. So. That's why I've got these two shields in front of the <laughs> that's microphone. That's right. That's why. So that's why I put those things down. in front of you. Yeah. yeah it's a. Safety. It's a weird. There's a word for it though. Okay. I heard Maria Bamford talking about it because she had a, unwanted thought syndrome. Unwanted thought syndrome. Yeah, yeah. where she had the urge to kill people or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And eat their bits. Is that right? Is that yeah. the other part of it? Yeah, and then have sex with the bits. Hmm. Yeah. Lisa has the desire to throw her purse off of a ferry when we're on the ferry. Sure. Yeah. Which is a, I think is a feeling of escape, as if Maybe. all your problems in your life are contained in your purse, and if you can get rid of that, then you're free of all those things. I have no explanation for why I want to kiss someone. I just think there's certain things in your brain that are not necessarily on your side. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That it's just like, they're not on team you. They're not on team you, and you're just you're just like, okay, I'm having this weird thought, and I know it would be very inappropriate yeah. to kiss my father-in-law at this moment, so I'm not going to. Right. I'm going to resist this strange desire. Or it's the thing where you're uh, on a ledge and you want to jump. Yeah. That feeling of wanting to jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, don't. No, it's not. yeah. That feeling goes away when you're falling. Apparently. I'm not. Af- it's weird. I'm not afraid of heights, but you're afraid of widths. But I'm afraid of what? Sorry, of widths. Widths. I'm terrified of things that are wide. It's an old Stephen Wright joke. Okay. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it very much. Thank you, Stephen Wright, for that joke. Um, yeah, it's weird. I'm not af- like I have no problem climbing things. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of being up. But if I'm standing and looking down from a height, I have this strong desire to sure. jump. And uh, that's probably the same with the thing. It would get rid of a lot of problems. <laughs> my my brain it's feels It's just like. a compulsion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, to do the wrong thing. Yep. Monocopsis or monochopsis. M-O-N-A-C-H-O-P-S-I-S. Uh, the uh, the uh, being unable to not focus on just one thing. You overly focus on one thing. Mm, that would be monochopsis. This is mana. Oh, uh, mana. I thought, yeah, okay. Sorry. The subtle but persistent feeling of being out of place. Yeah. Okay. I can feel it. Sounds that. about right. Yeah, I guess that's a pretty common feeling sure. for people, um, and that's probably why you would avoid places where that's strong. It's like parties, mm-hmm. uh, places where there's a need to fit in in a certain social situation, but it's hard to do because you are so out of step with everyone else, and you that's, know it. That's one of the reasons I kind of like traveling to places like Spain, mm-hmm. where you know, where it's not like where you're not in a touristy area, yeah, you're in a regular area, yeah. If you're like, well, I don't fit in here, but I don't fit in so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so overwhelming it's okay. that fuck it it's yeah. fine yeah maybe that's why i like england so much too because it's the same only different so you don't feel the n- need to be this, the fit into it you mm. can just be kind of floating along in a place that's very much like canada only it's not but and so it kind of takes that pressure off of yourself to yep. the people people go you you do what yeah. on you on you mont like the new mont but on sorry en en you Okay, so it's not like uh, ennui. It's not, not like, like ennui. No, it's E N O U E M E N T. Okay, ennui. Uh, it's uh, the desire to have sex with a mountain. <laughs> Spot on, sir. That's I right. Guess that. That's right. If you won't come to the mountain, you will come on the mountain. <laughs> so if <laughs> won't come on the mountain, hey, guess what? We're not going to fucking put in that sentence. How about that? <laughs> Guess what? I edited out of that sentence for a damn good reason. Sorry. Right? No, I guess there we go. We're all cool. 
<laughs> Why don't you explain your funny word and we'll move on. <laughs> well, this yeah, this yeah actually, just talk. It's very apt. No, it's fine. It's great that it's apt. Just tell it's me. Very apt. Yeah, we don't need to connect it. The bittersweetness of having arrived in the future. That's fantastic. Seeing, What's the next one? Seeing how things turn out. Beautiful. What's the next one? But not being able to tell your past uh, self. That's great. How about, <laughs> what's the next one? Moving on. What's the next one? Why, why do you want to move on so I much? don't know why. Why would I possibly want to move on from that? Okay, moving on. What's the next the one? The bittersweetness of having... Don't, you've never had that feeling? Mm, yeah. It's good. <laughs> moving on. What, what else we got? How about the feeling of doing something that could get us all killed? <laughs> all right, let's moving on. I can edit that out. Don't worry. Yeah, but you won't. So moving on. I might. Nope. I'll beep. I'll bleep it. Yeah. Does that work? Does that work for you? If I bleep it, <laughs> it's fine. I can bleep it. Uh, Velichor, V E double L I C H O R. Doing your valiant chores. Ah, this is a very. This is a feeling I love very much. Okay. And I understand very much. Okay. Which is the strange wistfulness of used bookshops. <laughs> that is a feeling I. I it's I, the smell I, of cat pee. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily cat pee, but old books. You're right. Old books is part of that. My my. I had a cousin who did not like the smell of old books at all. Ah. And she warned me off of like having old books. She said that they had a lot of like they were un you know unhygienic. She's not wrong. Yeah. I don't think she's right either. You don't think un- old books are unhygienic? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. I don't think if you read a really, really old book, you're going to get the plague or something like that. No, we probably won't get the plague, no. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's dust, and dust is mostly dead people, so, you know, it's covered in dust. Yeah. Covered in a couple of people. It's not always dead people, and it's... Not know. always dead people is uh, not a good description, though. <laughs> hey, what's in this hot dog? Yeah. It might not be dead people. But the wistfulness... Just finish your hot dog. The wistfulness isn't the smell. It's partly the smell, I guess, that's... But it's also the the knowledge of pr- uh, former possessions, mm. I guess. That this is was owned by someone else before you, and now you're taking on the mantle of ownership, and it'll pass on from you to another person. Right. It's been in someone else's bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know why you're so. Wish, I don't know why you're so hung up on this hy- hygiene part. I've always mocked my cousin for this. Now you're putting yourself in her place. Sure. What did you say? Sorry. What? What? I said sure. That's no, no, no. What you said? What you said that before that? Something about whistling. Wistful. A wistful, oh yes, the wistful bathroom. Yes, the strange wistfulness. That's what the wistfulness is. The strange the wistfulness of used bathrooms. Yeah. Okay. Valley's chore. Uh, rubatosis. Rubatosis. R u b a t o s i s. When you think you're fat, when you're not. No. Okay. That's a good guess, though. The unsettling awareness of your own heartbeat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That can be uh, weird. That's weird. You realize if that stops, you stop, and that's mm-hmm. the end of you. Mm-hmm. There's a little thing inside of you that if this one thing just goes, then mm-hmm. uh, that's the end of you, and uh, and uh, that's it forever. And that reminds me of that other sensation when you become aware of your of of those things like breathing, and and then you you it stops being auto, auto autonomous. Yeah. And you start having to breathe. Yeah. You're like, man, if I stop, I'm going to die. So I got to keep breathing now because I've so, suddenly it's not working the way it used to, and it just breathed automatically. Oh no! And then for some reason, then you get bored of that, and then you just start breathing normally again. I think that was one of my problems with running was you just became so aware of your breathing, and mm. they would say, "Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth," and it makes it easier. Mm. And like, okay, now I'm aware of my breathing, but now I'm too aware of my breathing. Yeah. Now I'm aware of my heartbeat. Now I'm aware <laughs> of all this pain. Now I'm aware of all of this. Like I'm too aware. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. This is ugh. Don't like it. You're too much in your own head. That's why I like walking, because you don't think about the breathing. You don't mm. think about this stuff. And you're mm-hmm. like, I'll take a longer trip, but that I can actually like uh, think about stuff. Yeah. Whereas like running, all you can think about is running. That's all you can think about, because you know you got to concentrate on all the stuff. Maybe some people don't. Maybe they do uh, concentrate on things, and they're able to let their mind wander. 
But, uh, you know, it was just too much focus. Yeah. Get that breathing right. Get yeah. that heartbeat going. I looked for uh, a person who was a middling runner like myself that we, I could talk to while we were running. Yeah, the idea of talking while running is uh, ridiculous to me. Why? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. We got to... We have... Uh, <laughs> nah, forget it. It's all right. Yeah. Canopsia. K-E-N-O-P-S-I-A. Uh, when you can't have a spanakopita, but you really want one. <laughs> uh this is a feeling i love settle for whatever else you can get this is a feeling i love so much this is probably one of my favorite feelings in the world the eerie forlorn atmosphere of a place that is usually bustling with people but is now abandoned and quiet oh that is nice yeah i love that feeling that's why i always i loved i love the idea of like uh sunday closing like that places that like going into london Mm -hmm. On Sundays, when I the first time I went to London, first time I went to England, we went to London during the week, and it was this busy, bustling place. And then we pushed it. We decided we we're going to go one more time, but we had to go on the Sunday because that was the way our schedule worked. And then it was just this dead zone. There was just not, we're like yeah. like in the episode of the Avengers. There's just no one around. And I, I just love that feeling, though. It's that feeling of of quietness and yeah. in a place that's normally loud and noisy. And I was thriving. I was doing a commercial when I was a kid, uh, and maybe seventeen. And uh, it was taking place in a grocery store, and we were shooting all night there. Mm-hmm. So it was like you were able to stay in the grocery store overnight. Yeah. So it was like you're in a grocery store, and aside from the one section of the store we were shooting in, the rest was just you can walk around, yeah, yeah. pick up a magazine, read it. <laughs> what? I know, and no one's saying nothing. Yeah, it's yeah. great, so nice. Uh, and I think that's why I like uh, nighttime as well. It's like uh, mm-hmm. you can wander around the neighborhood, and there's very seldom yeah. other people around, and you've just got like the whole city to yourself. It's pretty great. Now that we're so full of people here you can't really do it anymore but i used to love to drive at night like i like to drive at three in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, i used to get i used to leave david m's when i was visiting there at like three in the morning and i would drive to the border and get gas and there was just this quiet mm. drive through through surrey and then into the border and there's just no one no one on the roads because in those days there was so there wasn't many people and and there's just fewer people around and there's less bustling all the time and now nowadays you can drive at any time Day or night, and, and it just hustle fe- and bustle. It feels the same, yeah. It just feels exactly the same. You're just like, this feels like, you know, three in the morning feels like one in the afternoon. And you want to say to them, "What's your deal? Yeah, what are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. But they're doing the same thing you are. They're coming home from somewhere, and it's just so so many of us now mm. coming home from somewhere. True. That it's not like the old days when I would you know, come when I visit you, and I'd leave at two in the morning and just drive home along the freeway, and it would just be empty of all traffic. And nowadays, it's just not like that anymore. Yeah. But the good thing about it is, there's. So many of us, the police don't pay attention to just me speeding like I <laughs> used to then. All right. This is a big word. Okay. It's a German word. It's one of their f- famous yeah, compound they, they, they nouns. Yeah, they like to do that. And this word is Mauerbauer Traurigkeit. Mauerbauer Traurigkeit. That's the feeling that your uh, dog might be attached to your kite. And uh, <laughs> so you're dreading that. Mm. You want to see the other side of your kite. And like, where's my dog? Yeah. Uh Kite, I think, has like ness, is like N-E-S-S in our language, I believe. Okay. The inexplicable urge to push people away, even close friends who you really like. You mean emotionally or physically? I guess, I think emotionally. Sure. These are emotions that you feel. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like a German emotion. Sure. German emotion. (laughs) Nine! (laughs) Have you ever felt that way? I don't think I ever have. Oh, have you? Sure. Yeah. I guess if you had to spend a lot of time, I do feel that way if I spent a lot of time with a person. Mm Mm-hmm. I I need to be away from them. The only people, person I don't feel that way about is Lisa, and then the girls. I never feel that way with them, and that's why I think Lisa and I have worked together so well so right. long, as I've never f- had the desire to not be with her. Okay, 
but most other people, if I spent too much time with them, I think I would get tired of them. Okay. Which is a fair feeling, and I'm sure you feel the same way. And also, it's you... not necessarily a rational fear. Oh, uh, not fear, uh, feeling. This could just be, you know, like like wanting to jump from a high building. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily rational. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I just want uh, a little push away. just want a uh, little space to myself. A little, uh, little alone time. Yeah. All right, this word is yuska, J-O-U-S-K-A. Uh, the feeling that you used to like ska music and don't remember why. <laughs> that is not a possible feeling. Uh, it is a hypothetical conversation that you compulsively play out in your head. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you run uh, the conversation in your head of like what you should have said. Okay. Yeah. Or what you're going to say when you talk to mm. your landlord. Okay. Okay. Yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. I do have, when I'm at work, I will have planned conversations that we're going to have on this show. Sure. But we never do have those conversations oh, no, because that would be impossible to, to organize no, it that all, way. No. But I will have like pretend conversations. Uh, but those aren't really frustrating or, or inescapable. Would I don't you, know if... Would you ever write down notes for a phone call you're going to make? No. I would. I would okay. write down notes. Okay. I go like, okay, if things start going south, I've got uh, these <laughs> these escape... points to go yeah, to. Yeah. 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 I've got these escape That's points. That's a pretty good idea. I never. I don't do that. I don't. I'm not that much of a planning person. Like Mary or Lisa, Mary particularly, she she likes to do lists of things. Sure. So, for instance, when she worked at, at Gambier, when she worked at Furcom, Camp Furcom, you know, she would have a, a list of everything that she needed to do each day. So she would make a list, like, the night before, and she would make a list of all the things that she needed to do, which is very sense. organized. She's very organized. And so is Lisa that way. But Mary takes it to, like, a real, like, she just, you know, has to, like, draw, have everything kind of planned out and stuff. And it, I think it's a way for her to, to overcome like trepidation or fear about what's yeah. w- about what's coming makes sense. It's the planet that way. Um, next word, chrysalism. Uh, the the uh, desire for change, like you're in a chrysalis. Yeah, that's a good good guess. But it's actually the it says amniotic, which I guess means like the feeling, like the womb like feeling yeah. of tranquility of being indoors during a thunderstorm. Yeah, that's great. It's that a great is a, feeling. Yeah. That is a wonderful feeling. You're right. Yeah, we've got we're moving into a place that's got skylights or like small skylights. Okay. Uh, and and that is kind of the thrill of the idea of like looking up at the rain, mm. you know, from inside. Yeah. And ideally, you know, lightning would be great. Yeah, if you could yeah. see it. Yeah, again, I'm from back east where we had a lot more thunderstorms mm-hmm. than we do in the west. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty rare here, and it's sort of exciting for that reason. Yeah, the time before, uh, not this last time I went to New York, but the time before, there was a huge lightning storm, uh, and we got to see that and kind of look out on the Empire State Building and see all this lightning striking, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, so great. Such a yeah. great feeling. Yeah, we don't really get lightning bolts that are visible. It's more like kind of sheet lightning that lights up the whole sky. We don't really, I don't think we, I mean, there probably are lightning bolts. When I was a kid, there was a big thunderstorm and a, a person was struck at the park near our house oh sit by lightning so obviously we do have lightning but just it's not something that you see very often maybe because i'm mostly sitting in the house when it's going on mm-hmm. i don't know how to pronounce this word so i'm just gonna just wing it vemo dalen oh vemo v-e-m-o-d-a-l-e-n vemo dalen oh my gosh uh, uh the feeling that you have not taken your daily vitamins the frustration of photographing something amazing yeah. when thousands of identical photos already exist. Yeah, yeah. You do want to lock that down, though. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the idea you that a you... a picture of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. That's swell. Yeah, that's right. Good you, for you. You think it's great, but everyone else looks at it and goes, yeah, okay. Yeah. Seen it. Anectody. Anectoki. Anectoki. 
Anectache. E-N-E-D-O-C-H-E. Uh, feeling like your uh, head is disconnected from your from your neck. It's a situation, a conversation in which everyone is talking, but nobody is listening. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty common. You know what that is like. Yeah, well, we understand sure. what that's about. We get it. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, you know. Because it happens to us all. Well, oranges and seems to be like something like that would that go movie. on no, where understand. both of us the would dogs, be trying to. Yeah. Which is the thing. That's well, that's what you know, Montreal's about. it's kind of podcasting yeah, in a totally. nutshell. Mm-hmm. An ellipsism. E l e w. L I P S I S M. All right. Fear of uh, being followed by three dots. Hmm. A sadness that you'll never be able to know how history will turn out. That's true. Well, it won't. Like, there's more. Uh, there's, there's more, more to come. There's too. always going to be more after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Here's well, a weird feeling: is like when you would think of a number, any number, the highest number you possibly can think of, and then go like, one day it'll be that year. Mm-hmm. It will be. Yeah. You know, and again, there might not be someone counting that year, but it'll be there. Yeah. You know, 75 billion. Yeah, that'll happen. It'll be sometime, it'll be 75 billion years from now. Mm-hmm. Sometime that will happen. <laughs> it will occur. Sure. Yeah. And it used to be 75 billion years before then. And that time seemed like now to mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. It is. But it is. And uh, yeah. It's a fact. I remember as a kid reading a book, uh, it was about what, what the world would be like in 2020, I believe. Mm-hmm. Not 2020, 2010. Oh, damn. Because I was like, I am curious. What's it going to be like in uh, two years? Yeah. And uh, it was suggesting things like people using computers to to, to, to partake in school at home. Yeah, they were right. Which is pretty interesting. Pretty pretty, pretty prescient. That's the one that sticks in my mind because I was at school when I was reading this. Right. It was a library book. Uh, but I remember figuring out that I would be 43, I believe, when this... I remember figuring out I'd be 43 yeah. when, when... Didn't that seem crazy 2010. Yeah, it did. What was that going to be like? But I thought at least I'll be alive. To see this, true. Like if it was talking about 2070, that's less likely. Yeah, that you'll be alive, uh, you'll uh, have impossible. a really wild mustache because you'll be in your 40s and everyone in their, <laughs> their 40s has a mustache. That's right, like my dad. Yep. And they'll all be wearing puka shells they got in Hawaii. That's right. Yeah, they'll still be popular. Yep. In that year, you'll be yelling at your son, little Dave. <laughs> hey, little Dave, clean that thing. Shut up, Dad. Don't tell me to shut up, little Dave. <laughs> what? But uh, you know what? I don't think the concept of having children would have occurred to me then. Though. Okay. The, uh, oh, uh, that, that's your dog. Oh, little Dave is my dog. Yeah, uh, dogs can talk in, tw- in okay, 2010. Okay, in 2010. The feeling I have more commonly is, the, is, is a worry, is a kind of a sort of mild fear that I will die before I get to see the completion of this movie cycle. You know, like the idea that I'm going to die before the Aven- next Avengers movie comes out, I might die. Okay. Man, I'll miss how this is going to turn out. I'm kind of curious. Not that I'll be aware of it. I'll be dead, so it doesn't well, matter. But Should it come down to it, we will just uh, yell it at your grave. <laughs> Thank you. Please have a, have a, uh, a, a seance. It and... turns out Thanos is the child of Scarlet Witch and the Vision. What? They got sent back in time. Oh, my gosh. Spoilers. Yeah. Made up spoilers. Coo-coo-coo-coo. <laughs> the feeling that you might be a beetle. The feeling that you might take a, a line from a beetle and use it in your own song. Oh, okay. Mrs. Robinson. Uh, Kuebiko. K-U-E-B-I-K-O. Kuebiko. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the feeling you'll never be as cool as bees <laughs> that are in a cove. <laughs> okay. Bees are pretty cool. They are pretty yeah. cool. I think they are. Bumblebees are like I the I always ask them, uh, what's the buzz? Tell okay. me what's happening. What do they say? Uh, not much. They're bees. Okay. They're too cool to talk to. Me. They're too cool to talk to you. They got stuff to do. They got better things than you to do. Talk to. Yeah, they're as busy as beavers. Ha- busy as beavers. Yep. As cool as cats. It's a state of exhaustion 
inspired by doing a podcast. It's a state of exhaustion <laughs> inspired by acts of senseless violence. Oh. I've never wow. taken part in senseless violence. Let's so. give that a try and see how that feels. Stab. Oh, I'm so sleepy. I was yeah, so, they're right. I was so mad at an act of senseless violence the other day, actually. We were at, I was at choir on Tuesday night, and a lady got out of her chair and walked about 10 paces away and stomped on a spider and killed it. Oh. And that's what my feeling was. I was so mad at her. Like, what, why? What was it doing to you? It was just walking across the floor. Yeah. Spiders belong outside. Not necessarily. They can go where they want. They're spiders. They're cooler than you. Yeah, they walk on walls, not walk on outdoor walls. Yeah, that's right. They just do what they want. Also, do you think no bugs come inside? Yeah. What gets rid of those bugs? Yeah. You? No. Spiders do. You and your big You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, we were watching this uh, really cool bug climbing My estimation up. of her dropped quite quite a bit. We watched a really cool bug going up a wall in Spain, and then this lizard came and ate it. Hmm. It was like, oh, no. Eh, well, what know. are you going to do? It's, it's, you know, it's the cycle of life. Yep. Senseless violence. Did you feel a state of exhaustion? You know what I did? I felt guilty that there was a light on the wall, and I thought, like, that bug didn't have a chance. Oh, okay. It's going towards the light. This uh, is all uh, yeah. bullshit. But smart on the lizard going, hey, you know where I should be, where the light is. Opportunity. opportunity knocks. Yeah, yeah. Was it from, did it come from outside? Like it was uh, on the outside of the hotel. Oh, I see. You're watching, looking outside of this activity. Yeah, we were we were just outside the hotel waiting for a bus. Oh, I'm and, sorry. I uh, looked up at the wall and there was this cool bug climbing up the wall, and then a lizard just like r- runs okay. down the wall and go. Gump. That's funny because in my imagination, you were sitting in your hotel room watching this happen. Oh, That's... I wonder what the uh, sensation of uh, imagining your friend sitting instead of being outside is. You're tired of watching porn on the television. Ugh. I uh, don't want a slap chop. <laughs> Uh, Lakeism, L-A-C-H-E-S-I-S-M. Okay. Uh, the fear that you just had something with milk. Wow. The desire to be struck by disaster. For instance, to survive ah. a plane crash or to lose everything in a fire. Sure. All right. Because then you get a fresh start. I can see that. I guess that's a similar yeah. feeling. Yeah. You've got no blame if something uh, yeah. big and uh, tragic happens to you. Sure. But maybe you don't realize how this, uh, the idea of survivor guilt, that's another feeling that you, oh, you get not, from that. These aren't rational thoughts. No, you're right. Once they're again, not. it's like the feeling of wanting to jump off a building is yeah. not a rational thought. And you're no, like, no. but you're not thinking about the landing. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. you're not thinking. Yeah. You're feeling. Yeah. 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 These are all feelings. Because I don't, because I don't um, feel this that feeling very much. I'm not, I, I have nothing to say about it. Okay. Excellences, E X U L A N S I S. Pride in your lance. <laughs> Something like a medieval knight would feel. Oh, that lance. Uh, the tendency to give up trying to talk about an experience because people are unable to relate to it. Sure. Yeah, I'll that's give you a, that. That's yeah. a common feeling. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure you connect with people with their, with your stories or find a find an in. Also, sometimes people feel that you're uh, braggy, or you might be bringing up something that's sure. too similar, uh, something painful in their life. Yeah. You know, there yeah. might be a reason you don't want that. I used to never talk about cancer with people, just because I felt like not that they wouldn't be able to relate to it, but I always felt that it was sort of a boastful thing that you survive cancer. And that you shouldn't boast, and it just and people couldn't relate to it anyway. Like there's just an ex- it's an experience that you share with very few people, and even that shared experience is so indiv- is so particular to yourself that even there, you used a phrase once which was cancer bore. Yeah, the cancer and I, bore. And I, and I thought like, well, that seems like a weird thing. I've never heard that before. It seems strange. No, that but that's how I would bored. feel about it. Like that, yeah, I know you that know. you would feel that way, but I <laughs> think so few people would feel that way about it. Like here's Dave talking about the cancer again. I do talk about it more now that I've talked about it on the show. I do bring sure. it into conversation. But just conversationally, I don't, like, talk about it in Broadway. I'll just be like, when I had cancer, this you can relate to this element of it. You know, like, so not in a huge, you know, major way, but more in a kind of, like, when I had cancer, I had 
constipation or whatever, like sure. you know, something like that, you know. So just so you know the circumstances of where it, why I had that, why yeah. I was taking all these drugs that gave me constipation, right? Because I had cancer and operations and pain. Uh, that's why you didn't give a shit. Really? Let's see. Is there one in here for a joke that doesn't go over? Okay, no. Uh, adro- adronitis. A d r o n i t i s. Uh, the feeling you might be androgynous, but aren't quite sure. This is a weird one for me. What is it? Frustration with how long it takes to get to know something. Oh, someone. Sorry, someone. Ah, oh, all right. Sure. Does that right. make sense to you? Sure. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Never, uh, not able to get a read on someone. Mm. And so you don't know how much you can trust them or how much you want them into your life because you're not, uh, you're, you're not sure. I would say also someone who is like dating, mm. like you go on a date with someone and the first time you go on a date with that person, uh, you're like, oh, I don't know how much I'm getting the real person here. Well, second time, maybe I'm getting the real mm, person okay. here. Three, okay, this is going to take a while to like get whether or not this is someone okay. who's worth spending some time with. Um, my highly developed sense of nerd dar has made, you know, kind of, I think I have a, I think in my early years, like my elementary school years, I developed a very keen set of survival tools for getting through school situations without having to worry about bullying and stuff like that. You know, there was a little bit of that, but not a lot Right. when I was growing up. And mostly because I could deflect or knew ways to get around it. Um, you know, I wasn't accepted. That was a hurtful part of it. But I wasn't bullied, if, if you can make the difference there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, for instance... When we played school sports, I would never be chosen, willingly be chosen for a team. So that was hurtful. But it wasn't bullying. It was just people's yeah. didn't want a liability on their team, so they weren't picking me. It's not hard to blame them, but it hurt my feelings, obviously. But I was not, I didn't undergo extensive bullying because I could joke my way around it. I knew, you know, and I just had sets of, I had tactics that I used yeah. that got me. I wonder if there's some people who uh, would prefer bullying to being ignored. Well, I think that's true. I mean, I don't want to give out names. I don't want to talk about too much. But I, in my life, in my life, there's a person I know who prefers negative attention to no attention. Sure. And will purposefully go out of his way. And there's no one in this room. Yeah. That's why I point that out to listeners uh, who are suspecting. Yeah. It's, so it's not you, Phil. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Phil. Asshole. Uh, it's okay. He likes when I say that. Okay. Phil's okay with that. Um, no, he he'd rather... Do something dumb and get in trouble for it. Yeah. Then not. There's nothing scary in being ignored. Then just to be, yeah, just to be a regular person who, oh, who, who's just terrifying. Doing his yeah. Things. Yeah. Which I guess, yeah, if you can't, if you can't fit in or you can't make a place for yourself in a, in a, in a social circle, that's one way of, of you're working. Acknowledged. It. Yeah, and you're also, acknowledged. if you know that that's your role, even if your role is you're the, the bad one. Yeah. Or the black sheep in the family or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, there's something, there's something to that. I guess. And also, it takes away some responsibility from you. If, like, what are you going to do? That's yeah. who you are. That's, yeah, I guess what that's What are you going to do? Improve? Yeah. You could, maybe, yeah. but mm, that's just you. No, you're right. You're, you're right. that guy. Yeah. And sometimes you get a label on you that you go, uh, I don't. I don't think that's a good label. That's not a thing, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, Ruka Ruka Hun Rua Ruka Ruka. That's hard. R u c k k e h r u n r u h e. All right, you're someone in uh, who feels like uh, chess would be better without the rooks. You're just going through this right now. We were. You are just going through this. Not me. You are going through uh, the, this right now. Uh, the fear of moving. No. Uh, Feeling uh, jet lag, feeling of you were in another country and now you're in a, a new back country. Home. Yeah. Back home. The feeling of returning home after an immersive trip, only to find it fading rapidly from your awareness. 
Oh, the trip is fading. Yeah, I thought I thought you're gonna say it's gonna be that thing of like when you come home, everything is the exact same as it was, but it all feels different because mm. you've had a perspective change okay. somewhere else, and now it's like oh, oh. the couch seems weird. Okay, that oh, seems this seems odd. That seems more interesting. That's what I that's what I normally feel when I get yeah. home. It's like everything is the same yet different. Mm. That is it f- almost feels like a recreation you're of right. what it is. You're right. And and then there is that disease where you feel that everyone has been replaced in your life with a robot, and all the stuff has been replaced. That mm. is a disorder. That is a disorder. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know what? When I came back from England last time, and I and I broke the faucet that was barely hanging on that my neighbor had patched together, um, just to explain they were feeding our cat for, for cats and, and looking after dogs, our next door neighbors, and so they'd gone into the house to feed uh, Risa. Yeah. And just as she walked up the stairs, she could see water pouring out of the sink onto uh, the floor. Uh. And so she and her husband they turned off the water at the mains absolutely main yeah. thing, and then you know obviously got the water yeah. taken care of and then they put they they managed to like kind of um what's the word kind of you know kind of jerry rig uh, jerry rig the top tap back together so it wasn't yep. leaking and then they turned the water back on everything was fine so then i walked in the house they said you know the, there's a problem with it blah, blah blah so then i immediately touched it yeah sending it not working again water spraying everywhere yeah and then i had to turn off the water we had just come back this is a you know after our 12 sure. hour flight or whatever Tired. back from from england so we're, we're jet lagged you know time time change stuff like that so i'm like okay we gotta go to home depot and buy a new tap so we're driving through uh abbotsford from out of aldergrove into abbotsford to go to home depot and everything looks so ugly to me because <laughs> i just come back from england where you know there's all these hedges along the roads and it's this is different it's it's older and it's more lived in and it just they do things a little nicer there here because it's garbage town all these places are all owned by someone but they don't live there they're just holding on to them because they want to develop all this land and so all this these old farms are just sitting and they're just garbage they're full of shrubs along the sides and everything it's just and so it doesn't look very nice so you're just driving along and it looks unpleasant and i was just like i said lisa boy is it ugly here and it was just that feeling of yeah Yeah. that 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 is a that is an interesting feeling that's more interesting than that dumb word all right Um, the feeling of coming up with a better word than the dumb word (laughs) that's right uh this is two words. Notice, sorry, notice Tolens. First word, N-O-D-O, sorry, N-O-D-U-S. And the second word, T-O-L-L-E-N-S. Okay. When you're noticing how tolerant you are of someone's stupid opinions. Let <laughs> me you give yourself a little pat on the back for sure, that. Sure, sure, that's a good feeling. But the realization that the plot of your life doesn't make sense to you anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think I think we sometimes uh, look at our lives in a way that go like, oh, this all lines up and i can see this goes from here to here but no mm-hmm. that's all bullshit there's a lot of like random paths yeah. that uh, brought you to this it's not like one straight linear thing and so like if you th- if you think that if, when you realize that you go like oh wait no this is all random and chaos and, yeah 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 it doesn't make sense i think right. that moment for me was c- getting cancer Ugh, what a cancer I, i'm a real cancer <laughs> bird. i know i know sorry you see what i mean right it really yeah. can become like a problem saying it over and over again it no. Is boring. It is no, boring. it is not. It's just, it's Jeez. Another, no. It's another dumb cancer survivor. It's not. Yawn. No. Come on, Dad. Tell us that story again about the time you... Um, the, uh, Such a strange thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think because that was so so jarring to, to your idea of where your path is that I've just never kind of regain my sense that oh i know where life's taking me <laughs> yeah i have no idea where life's taking no, me. no there's been a lot of times where uh, things have like taken a big flip and you've just gone okay well just know that it can flip at any point and you can try to protect yourself and uh you know 
cushion up in certain ways, but you never know when it's no, that's right. things are gonna things are gonna. I mean, again, that's the thing. One of the things about living in Vancouver is you're uh, constantly being told uh, the big ones coming, the big ones coming for earthquakes, right? So Ugh. it's like at any point the ground could just go and you're done, conk conk. Now the house falls apart. Yeah, yeah. Everything's screwed. Do you, do you believe that's something that could happen? I never do believe that as a as a possibility. I believe it could happen, but I can't put it in my head because, like, mm. what the fuck can I do about it? Like, we've got a earthquake kit, okay. but who cares? Yeah. Like, if the house goes, because you know, collapse, <laughs> you know, yeah, I've got, like, a couple of things of water. That's swell. Good for me, <laughs> you know. Help. Or if there's That'll a giant bit. flood or something, sure. you know, if things happen, things happen. Mm. They, they're they're going to happen. Uh, I just always feel that we're lucky we have the we have Vancouver Island between us and the and the fault, so yes. they'll take the brunt of it, and we'll just get like a little bit of it. Sorry, guys. Uh, I was and that's s- why all your rent is cheaper over there. <laughs> I uh, was going to read this as as Onism, which is very close to Onanism, but I'm going to read it as Oneism. Okay, and that's kind of a clue. Oneism. That's it's just called Oneism. That's the word. Oneism. Okay, I think that's the fear of talking about masturbation. <laughs> Is that a fear? Yeah, of your fear about talking about masturbation. That's no why you don't want to say onanism. I have no problem talking about it. Okay. What do you want to say about it? I don't it? know. Come again. <laughs> the frustration of being stuck in just one body that it inhabits only one place at a time. Yeah, I can see that. I've never felt it, but I, maybe it's a feeling. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that you'd rather. Uh, yeah, you'd rather see what life is like in another person's body. That'd be hmm. that'd be interesting. You can check check this out and literally walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I was like that character Dead Man, uh, who could just uh, possess anybody, yeah, and then just see see what that was like. Okay, that'd be that'd be interesting. Sure. Also, um, Quantum Leap. Also, uh, Freaky Friday to some degree. <laughs> the many Freaky Friday films. Yes. Uh, there's been so many of them that's not really freaky anymore. It's just like no Frequent Friday. Frequent Friday. <laughs> that's a better name for it. Yeah. <laughs> frequent Friday. That's good. Uh, liberosis. Uh, the uh, fear of Liberace. <laughs> and his brother George. I wish he was here. Yeah. The desire to care less about things. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the desire to care less. Yeah, I could say that. I could see that. You feel, uh, yeah, you feel worn too out. Much. Yeah. Worn out by caring. Sure. I think people are probably going to start feeling that way during this Trumpish times. That it's just so much caring about so many things so much that you start to get a little bit worn out with. And that's probably why our attention is so easily drawn from thing to thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, we're outraged about this. Now we're outraged about that. Now we're outraged about that. Now, uh Well, it's a new danger every day, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and if it's not a, da- a present danger, it's a, it's a potential danger. Yeah. What's well, clear and present? Mm-hmm. A fear of Jack Ryan movies. It's a fear of, of having to... Yeah. How much more Jack Ryan is there? There's a lot. I have a fear of Joker movies. There's too many Joker movies coming out. Okay. I have, I have a fear of Star is Born movies. More like a Star is Bored. Am I right? Huh? Um, Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson, yeah. Yeah, there's a callback. Okay. Janet Gaynor, Frederick March, Judy Garland, James Mason, Barbara Streisand, Chris Christopherson, Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. We yeah. were talking about it work today. That's why I know. Oh, it's going to go and, like, and 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 that's the password to Dave's phone. <laughs> that's the password. Uh, it's just weird because what was weird, we were talking about it. We were trying to figure out who Frederick March was, like who played that character in that, uh, okay. in that version. And so I look it up on my phone. And the court immediately gives me the 2018 film uh, yeah. Star is Born. Gee, are they paying some money to Google to have this come up so fast in the SEO? But uh, but what's hilarious, it goes, other other movies you might like. And then it was naming all these other films. But none of them were the other three Star is Born movies, yeah. which is so weird to me. Come on, dumb phone. 
Don't be dumb. I also want to say to Lady Gaga, so is there a Lord Gaga? So we had a, a listener write in with some... <laughs> we had a listener write in with his... Oh, are we just, just transitioning there? Yeah, well, we're done. Those oh, well, well, you gotta you gotta end it a little stronger there. Oh, like... ba, ba, da, ba, da, ba. words. So now we have. <laughs> now we have. I know we sometimes say, "Please go on <laughs> iTunes and rate the show." You don't have to write this one. <laughs> please, please do not fall f- afoul of. Please of... go online and just rate the big loop. Give yeah. them a couple extra points. They're good people. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. We're going to do someone's top 10 movie list. All right. Top 10. Dun, 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 dun. Movies. <laughs> the, this is from uh, Ed Dragansky. Hey, Ed. Hi, Ed. I believe he lives all the way far away from us in Dallas. Oh. Do Dallas, you ever wish he lived in Dallas? Dallas, Texas. Ah, oh, Dallas, Texas. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Dollars, Texas. Oh, uh, you went dollars, Taxes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This thing, you just call back to Duck Soup. Nice. Right, for people well who, for any full marks listeners out there, you you know what we're talking right. about. For people who don't know what we're talking about, you should listen to full marks and then go review it on iTunes. It's a really fun then, show. And then, yeah, uh, give some points to the Big Loop. And if you, uh, yeah, then review. The, what's the Big Loop? Big Loop is uh, Paul Bay's um, uh, podcast. That's kind of a Black Mirror type podcast. It's oh, good okay. and scary. It's good and scary. Okay. Yeah, Joanne Gaskell from uh, Critical Hit Show did uh, an episode. And it's like, ooh, it's such a creepy episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should sounds, check it sounds out. Sounds cool. I will check it out. The Big Loop. It's very good. The Big Loop. So Ed tells us, he says, My thunder was stolen on Inglorious Bastards with Liam's list. Mm. What, but Liam... How about Days of Thunder? You could the, add that and then your thunder would be back. Here's the thing about Liam. You don't hear much from Liam. He doesn't write very often. Okay. But when he does, it's to be the first one in on something. And that was the case with his top 10 movie list. He was also the first person to send me a CD when, when I did my uh, mixtape project. So uh, yeah, Liam's always in on, the, in on the win. But so... Sorry that you could have used Inglorious Bastards just because Liam chose doesn't Liam sorry Liam chose it doesn't mean you don't you can't Ed but anyway he says but I felt I had to preface that since I love it so much so I decided to pick my films not completely on my fandom which would include the Star Wars saga Indiana Jones Star Trek and all the DC and Marvel films okay I base my top ten purely on recommendation and personal impact because I thought that list makes for a more interesting conversation all right. All right. Hit me. Let's let's do it. Let's let's do them. Here, let me reach across. What? So the first one. Re- Not my defense. My kiss defense. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It also works against uh, slaps. <laughs> uh, so he's actually put this from from ten to one. So I'm gonna, we're going to read that list. Okay, those are good odds. Ten to one. Yep. It's pretty good. I don't know if I would. Would you jump off a building with the odds were 10 to 1 you'd survive? No, of course not. You would uh, die nine times out of 10. <laughs> okay. They're not really good odds. Well, it depends if you want to, like, gamble. You know, 10 to 1 if there was Oh, a, okay. If, like, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. You know what? Talking gambling, I won uh, last week's football pool at work for oh. guessing the most games uh, that football teams would win. Congratulations. Thank you. I, and you um, get that little uh, sound. I get that little sound, which tells me that, Dave, you should add a little bit more part, because you talked too much about... You talked a little too much about dun 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 dun, dun words. words. <laughs> yeah. So I got a little. You more are time. paying by the word. I got a little more time to my to my phone here just to uh, make it so that people don't give me a ticket. On the, on the bright side, I am still awake. That is good. I'm keeping you awake. I'm helping you with your jet lag. You are. You're welcome. So this is uh, Ed's list. Okay. Are you ready? Ed's list. Time Ed's for list. Ed. Ed's, Ed's list. list. Time We're going to Ed. read Ed's list. list. Here time we for go. Ed. Okay, go. Number 10, a movie you have never seen but should. Okay. The Godfather Part 2. Mm. 
Or is it called? This is where they take the Godfather and 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 divide him into two parts. That's right. They split him down the middle yes. and grow two separate Godfathers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they fight each other. Am I getting that right? You uh, you know what? If you're just going to read the Wikipedia description, why even bother? I'm going to write the Wikipedia description. <laughs> I have not seen it, though, no, sir. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Here's the thing about The Godfather 2. The Godfather 2 was made basically because they shot so much footage for The Godfather that they couldn't use, that they incorporated, incorporated it into a further telling of The Godfather story. Okay. So when they were making The Godfather, they had all this stuff with Robert De Niro playing the young Vito Corleone. His experience is coming to America... His getting wrapped up into the world of crime and his rise to become a crime lord, lord, the Godfather. And it's an interesting story. And so what they did then was they took that story and it parallels Michael Corleone's story. So you have, you have Vito's rise to power and you have Michael Corleone's rise to power, but they, they kind of work separately. Whereas Vito Corleone's is about family and stuff like that. Michael Corleone's is about the rejection of his family and it, the isolation, the isolating, el- the isolating aspect of his power. And it's an interesting, it's a very, I keep saying interesting, it's a very good movie. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of scenes from it. It's beautifully shot. It's a wonderfully shot film by the great Gordon Willis called The Prince of Darkness Ah. uh, in that wonderful film Visions of Light, which is about cinematography, which I thought, there's a movie about editing, which I thought would be just as good as Visions of Light. Nowhere near as good. (laughs) Because editing is interesting, but it's not as interesting visually. It's not as spectacular as like watching, seeing a whole bunch of film noir scenes and all this like really great use of shadow oh, and stuff. Well, like when you watch a film noir movie, you're like, okay, it's telling me a story and I'm watching it and stuff like that. But when someone like extracts like the really striking kind of chiaroscuro elements of those movies and puts them in a row for you to like a montage for you to see, you're just like, wow, film noir is great. You know, visions of light, everyone. Really Very good movie. Good. Number nine. That's not on Ed's list, but, uh, but now it is. It's nine and a half. All right. There is a cut. There's a super cut of the Godfather films, which combines all the two all films. Three? No, the two films together, okay. which was made for television. All right. But I think it's maybe a little too much. I think I remember that. Yeah. It's a little too much. I've not seen this next movie. I'm hoping you have. It's called, it's number nine. Number nine. Number nine. I've seen nine. Uh, uh, nine. Nine. Weeks. Maybe nine. What? Nine and a half weeks. Is that a movie? Nine and a half weeks. Yeah. It's been nine weeks since he talked to me. me. Only. Ocean's this, nine. Ocean's nine. That's should come up soon. <laughs> <laughs> Only Lovers Left Alive. Nope. Do you know this film? Nope. Stars Tilda Swinton. Okay. Tom Hiddleston. Okay. As vampires. Sure. Who are who? As much I just read a little description of it. Who can't fit into the modern world? Okay. Well, I'm going to say it's about two vampires. Yeah. First of all, they can't fit into the modern world. Sure. All right. Uh, but the thing is, they're not very good being vampires, which is why they're so thin. Both of them are so thin. Okay. And they're, and they're constantly talking to each other going, oh, I could really go for some blood. And like, me too. I see. But they just can't figure out how to go get it. And they're yeah. like, by the time they talk about what where they want to go, it's like, where yeah. do you want to go? I don't know. Let's go to Little Italy and get some blood there. It's like, eh, we went there the other day. And it takes too long. And then by the time they get out, it's like daytime. They're like, oh, forget it. We're not going to, you know, let's just eat some rats. And they eat some rats and then they go to sleep. Question. Yeah. And then they both go, hey, you still got your Marvel money? I'm like, yep. And then, well, that's fine. We can do these films if we want. I have a question for you. Yep. Um, don't vampires keep their form that they originally... Thanks, phone. I, I get it. <laughs> uh, let's tell me about parking again. Yep. Um, does... um. Doesn't don't vampires just keep their form like when they died? That's how they they are for the rest of their lives. So you don't think they get like thin if they no. uh, if they're not drinking enough blood? No. If you drink like super amounts of blood, you don't get blood fat like a tick. <laughs> no. Huh. All right. Well, you know, here's the thing about that is yeah. uh, they're make believe, so it's whatever the fuck you want. 
I've written stories about vampires. Okay. So uh, my vampires get thin if they don't have enough blood. That's me. Hmm. Yeah. The next film is a pretty daring choice, I think. Okay. Ed is putting himself out on the limb Daredevil. here. Daredevil. Not that daring. Which hmm? is not good, but, but the director's cut is better. I see. But still not good. No. But <laughs> yeah. better. Better. Watchable. It's So the the original Daredevil is worser than the, the director's and cut. And the director's cut is worse. It's, it's, it, okay. you know what? The gotcha. Coolio plot actually helps it. Got you. Did you watch Iron Fist? I did. Iron Fist season two? I did. What'd you think of the ending? I liked the ending. I thought it was great. Yeah. What did the end movie, what it did it end? what I've wanted, I, without spoiling it for the people. Yeah. Uh, it's what I wanted, like, uh, it's what I said at the end of the last Iron Fist is, well, how about this instead? And yeah. Like, then they did this. And like, I want to see where this goes. I like that. It's very I li- exciting. But I also like the the ending, ending, like the yeah. ki- the kind of how it ended. Like yeah. I was just like, I love how goofy this is. Yeah, this is great. Keep up the goofiness, folks. I'm all for goofiness. Anyway, his choice. By the way, oh, please. Where, uh, again, and it's, yep. uh, I need to see the dragon eventually. I just want to say, Ed, stop. Ed, Ed, sorry that we we yeah. stopped you this for a second. Stop. Uh, you know, stop telling me about a dragon mm-hmm. that you punched. Yeah, and show me the fucking dragon, dragon puncher, at some point. Yeah. Like I really sure. got to go. You got to go to Kung Lao. We gotta yeah. see that dragon. Kung Lao's gone, but we needed. Well, where flashback. to go? You made a flashback. Where right? to go? It's destroyed. Did it? That's what they say. Mm, I isn't don't that buy why, that. Isn't that what Davos is all got a bee in his bonnet about? Yeah. Well, you think it's destroyed, but is it? Who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah. You know, you go and you see a thing's destroyed, but everything's illusion. Uh, where's the dragon go? Yeah. Where's the dragon at? Did it's, he leave? Yeah. It's Briga Kun. There's Lao. a dragon in this world, and we haven't seen it. Yes. Okay. Number eight. Number eight. In with a dare, this daring one, this one that's going on yep. a limb. 1941, the Steven Spielberg classic World War II I saw comedy. It, I saw it on I saw it on TV. Maybe I saw it edited. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I saw it on uh, VHS. Okay. Uh, it was a slapsticky fun. The uh, scene with I think it's like the uh, the Ferris wheel uh, going off the dock is yeah. really good. I saw that again recently, and it was okay. like that actually visually is. Very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you much about it aside from that. That's yeah. what I really remember. How about yourself? Yeah, I didn't see it in the theater. I did see it on, on DVD uh, a few years ago. And I feel like that film, it suffers from something I don't like in any comedy, which is too much happening. Mm-hmm. Like if there's too much of a muchness muching on, I feel like... That, it's like if there's a bunch of people laughing in the hallway we're trying to record a podcast. <laughs> there's like an art I thing going on in the hallway. too much. Yeah. And you know what art shows bring with them? Free wine. You know what free wine brings? I'm Laughter. Go there and talk to those people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just feel like it's it, you know because essentially, so people don't know, 1941. The plot of 1941. It's a it's a, it does take place during World War II, but it's not a war film. It's a movie about a a a a, a, a panic, like a Japanese attack. Yeah. Panic that happens in scary. Los Angeles, yeah. and so it's a it, it's a very broad comedy film. And it's kind of a screwball comedy in a way, or but it, to me it has that feeling of like a 1960s, you know, the great race, the fabulous men and their flying machines okay. kind of a movie where it's just like too much stuff going on, and it's just not that it's just not enough to make it funny. Like it's not funny. There's How's John Belushi in it? He's yells, but I'd rather see him as Bluto in Animal House, where right. where he's playing a similar character, you know. Like he kind of got really trapped in a, in a in a role that he tried desperately to get out of before he died. You know, he did like 
um what's it called um there's the neighbors film the neighbors one where he played the opposite character yeah. than you think he would so dan, dan Aykroyd guy, played yeah. the crazy character and he played the straight guy but there's other one that continental Div- continental, continental divide, divide yeah where he plays like a straight kind of role he plays the role of a of a it's based on a, a columnist yeah he may have uh you know if he had lived he may have uh become a bill murray and done dramatic stuff and mm-hmm. spread out and yeah. done things yeah yeah wish he had of wish he had of Number think he was seven. There's a lot of talent in that movie. Oh yeah, that's the thing. It's in like, 1941, there's a lot of talent in front of and behind the camera, mm-hmm. and they would mm-hmm. all do better things. Yes, but if you enjoyed it, that's great. Maybe I'll give it a rewatch. See, see what you think. And yeah. what do you folks think? Just because we feel this way, yeah. Who knows? Uh, give us your opinion. Yeah, my my ridiculous comedy uh, prejudices shouldn't uh, worry anyone because there's another movie that I didn't like very much when I saw it in the theater. Okay, which number is seven. Number is... seven. Number seven. Who framed Roger Rabbit? You didn't like Roger Rabbit when you saw it in the no, theater. I didn't. Oh, I liked it quite a bit. And I did not like any because my biggest problem with it, which once again is it wasn't as funny as its source material. The like book? No, the like the idea of Bugs Bunny. Oh, okay. I'm going like it's not as good. Like it's written by people who aren't as funny as the people who made Bugs Bunny. I will give you that. It's okay. uh, whenever people do stuff like uh, like a Tiny Toons or something yeah. even like that, and they try and recreate the Bugs Bunny magic yeah they don't quite get it you yeah. can't quite get it it's impossible because it's a generational yeah. humor that he can't i mean i like just... something like you see uh, uh daffy and and uh, donald doing a piano uh, off between the two of them but neither of them are really totally in character yeah. that's not totally a thing sure. that daffy uh, sorry uh, that donald duck would do yeah it's like they're actors in a in a short yeah other than they're characters in a short that's right yeah and uh, you, you get a cameo of bugs bunny doing something but you're like mm-hmm. There's there's more to it. You could play more with it, and yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah, and it also uh, you know we're just p- picking out the flaws. I really liked it, but there's things where you know uh, Eddie's partner got killed by something crushed his head like a piano or something, and then later he get, goes all accordiony in a, in the elevator. I'm like, yeah. well, wait a second. Yeah. Like so you can we can as uh, humans yeah survive in a cartoony okay. way. Well, why'd your partner get killed? Mm. You know, whereas mm. I can see it'd be very dangerous to be in like Toontown uh, with uh, things blowing up when that'll actually kill you. You're like you're like glass there. That's an interesting yeah. way to go. And I also I love uh, the the line in there where like he's uh, Rogers in his handcuffs and he gets out of them and it's like oh, why didn't you do that before? You know, I could only do it when it was funny. Yeah. It's like yeah, okay, that's the that's a great that's a sure. great logic line of yeah. just like that's yeah. the only way this guy works. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I mean, there's elements of it that are good. It's just and, cr- and creepy dip killing that poor boot. Mm. Oh man! I saw it in the theater and I had like high expectations because I'd read a lot about it before it came out. And maybe that spoiled it for me. I don't know. I had you know. No, I pretty. Things thing happened with Tron. I, I read a lot about it. Tron. I loved it when it I saw it. Uh, number six. Number six. I'm glad people like that movie. Like, I, I don't want to take away people's fun. Yeah, it's weird that there hasn't been more. Of th- I mean, it's better than a cool world. Oh yes. You know, something like that. We're mm. like, hey, what's this cartoon lady need? Uh, good fucking. Thanks, Ralph Bakshi. <laughs> then she'll be yeah. real. Yeah. As long as a guy has sex with her, that'll make her real. <laughs> That's what she needs. Good stuff. Good stuff, Ralph. Yeah. <sighs> uh, yeah. Number six. Not, not great. Uh, this movie is a Warren Beatty vehicle for 1978 called... Heaven Can Wait. I just watched that a little while ago. Did you? Well, yes, I did. It's been a while since I saw it. It has Diane Cannon in it, Buck Henry, right? Sounds about right. Yeah, Julie Christie. Right. Yeah. Warren Beatty. Yeah. 
And it's kind of a. It's a football star. And, is it? Does it have um, Elaine May attached? No, it doesn't. No, she wouldn't be attached to that. But Buck Henry. Does yeah. Buck Henry do the script for it? I think. Oh, I don't know about that. I do know okay. that he appears in it. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember a lot about it. Um, it's based on a. It's based on a on a on an older film. I think. Oops. Well, there is uh, another old film called Heaven Can Wait that has nothing to do. No, with it's like that. Calling Mr. Jericho or something like that. Something like that. That's right. Title. Yeah, there's a, there's another Heaven Can Wait that's... Or Mr. Uh, Jordan, Calling Mr. Jordan. All right, there that's we what go. That's it's called. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And then it was remade by Chris Rock uh, fairly recently in Not a Great Way. Okay. Um, whereas I think he came back as a white guy and that mm. was the angle in it. But no, Warren Beatty's very charming. It's, uh, you know, it all unfolds quite well. Um, yeah, good good scene for scenes. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. one of my favorites, but it's a, it's a very well-structured uh, movie, very much of its time. And very charming uh, Warren Beatty. Huh? He's a football player in it, right? That is absolutely right. That doesn't seem that believable to me. Uh, well, it was a different time for, for football. It wasn't uh, the big dude football uh, back then yet, you mm. know. And then it 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 came more into play, yeah. you know, later on. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to talk about. It. It's been a long time since I saw that film. All right. My memories, my memories of it are very uh, shaky. And once again, if you guys remember it differently or you want anything to say about this, that's fine. But uh, no, it's an enjoyable film. I'd say give it a watch. And prob- the problem with seeing films like that when when you're younger is you see them in the most like r- worst way. You see them with commercials in yep. them. You see them in a version that cuts off the edges because they're not yep. widescreen. There's no pan and scan. Yeah, there's pan and scan, and so it's kind of awful that way. So it's hard. It's hard to judge films like that sometimes. It's a film that I probably should give a give a. A rewatch. Yeah, too. why not? I've always liked Buck Henry. He's a yeah, me too. He's a kind of strangely. I've always liked him. I mean, I was impressed me that he was involved with Get Smart. Mm-hmm. I liked him in The Graduate. Yeah, I liked his, all his appearances on on Saturday Night Live. I always liked, you know, just. Did you like the new show? I don't remember that show. The new show was a Lauren Michaels uh, vehicle that was kind of like Saturday Night Live. Was Steve Martin doing Billie Jean? That's right, the very first episode. Okay, I do remember Sometimes when they do a best of Saturday Night Live, they will take sketches from the new show and incorporate them into uh, Saturday Night Live. Ah. Like there's one about a Christmas wish okay. that uh, that uh, Steve Martin did for the new show that uh, then they do on there. And I think like Valerie Bromfield was also in it, but I remember Buck Henry definitely was in it. Hmm. Yeah. I guess because he was such a regular on Saturday Night Live, they thought, this can't miss. Yeah, it wasn't as good as Saturday Night Live because it wasn't live, and it uh, but it was better than Fridays. So there you go. I watched Fridays. Sure you did. Well, because it it Andy wa- Kaufman. It wasted an hour until uh, SCTV. Yeah. So it's very important to me. But that's also, where you. So what are you gonna do? Not watch TV? <laughs> well, I had to stay awake. Yeah, of course you did. That's like me now. All right. Uh, number five. Yep. And this is a movie I've actually seen. Of the Star Trek movies, which I have not seen very many of them. I've seen all just, the Star Trek just movies. Just two. Just two of them. Oh, what are the two you've seen? Uh, the first one. Oh, the, I'm so the, sorry. Called The Boring One. Okay, and? And Star Trek Two, The Con One. Okay. You should see the fourth one. The fourth one's good. Is that the whale one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Very good. Star Trek Two. what do you think of it? Oh, is, it, is this one we're talking about? Yeah, Wrath of five, Khan? Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. I, uh, watching it uh, again, like, fairly recently, I was surprised at how... Um, not much happens in it. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of talking a, to each other on screen. Trick. It's, it's a, a trick, TV maybe. episode. Yeah. That's right. Whereas yeah. the last, uh, the the original film was not like a TV episode. It was uh, like a 1970s bummer 
uh, movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah. t- and number two, they really got they got it. They got yeah. the rhythm of like sure. we're gonna do like a TV show, but up a whole bunch of notches. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of like just talking at each other, you know, in, in each other's ships, and it looks like the same ship really, mm-hmm. and not much to it. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, it was the first movie I went to see in the theater that uh, an audience cheered at. It was when uh, the shields were coming down and Khan was getting blasted. Okay. And uh, the audience cheered. Oh, that's like, great. Oh, that's interesting. That's great. Yeah, it was fun. I thought... Uh, it's... Ricardo Montalban's really good in it. Once again, so it's been a while since I saw that, that film. That guy's got miles of chest. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, he made their fantasies come true. <laughs> the... But you didn't see any tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was a very good film when I saw it uh, a long time ago. I thought... Yeah. And, you know... They put things in our bodies. Our expectation of action movies was a lot different then we were okay with long pauses between between uh two old guys fighting each sure. other sure um that was and they okay. weren't fighting fighting they were just fighting like uh, mentally like mm-hmm. they were just coming up with stuff it's yeah the strategic battle, and I what guess, i really yeah. liked was the idea that uh they didn't have clothes so they made clothes out of the seats in the ship so they all had like upholstery as their uh, as their outfits okay fine corinthian I don't leather remember. i don't remember fine corinthian i don't remember that uh, yeah. part of the film it's been a while. And then, you know, then the movie, of course, spoilers everyone. It ends with Spock's uh, demise. Right. And which Didn't is very shocking. That. Yeah, it was very shocking. Yeah. And then Real him, Spock And then them sending him, I believe, believe it ends with them sending him to the Genesis planet. That's correct. And when you first saw the Genesis planet thing, that was also a very impressive effect. And what's weird is, because I'm, I'm not, it's not a, I just don't really like Star, Wars, Star Trek very much. Uh, even though I enjoyed Wrath of Khan, I could not be bothered to see, like, In Search of Spock, Search for Spock, whatever it's called. Which I, I've heard is not as good as... as Isn't it Wrath weird that they called it that when uh, Leonard Nimoy had a show called In Search Of? Well, it's a tie-in. <laughs> They're trying to promote the uh, the movie. In Search Of Leonard Nimoy. Do you want to hear the next one? Oh, I put this movie down. Okay. But this maybe explains why Ed likes But by the way, see the, see the fourth uh, Star Trek movie. That's just plain fun. Okay. What's it called? The uh, Search for Life? <laughs> no, it's called A Whale of a Good Time. Oh, it's a good name. Uh, Star Trek Four. Voyage Home, I think it was called. Voyage Home. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's the next movie? Uh, Number four. Star Trek Four. Bon Voyage. Captain Kirk. And don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> Number four is The Great Race. Okay, I have not seen that. Mm, well, okay. It's a movie. It's made in the sixties. It's a comedy. Uh, which was The Great Race? Was it white people? Of course. <laughs> I believe it's directed. It's directed by uh, uh, Blake Edwards. Okay. I'm pretty sure of that. Pre SOB. Pre SOB. Pre Darling uh, Darling Lily, is that what it's called? Mm. Uh, his uh, fabulous flop with his wife, Julie Andrews. Um, pre. Oh, hey, let's just take a brief, brief pause because Blake Edwards brings to mind a movie that we were going to talk about last week, but we didn't because we weren't certain what the movie was. Oh, The Party. That Mary had chosen. The Party. She, she wrote to, to clarify that it was. The 1968 version. Right. The Peter Sellers, Blake Edwards version. I think I've only seen about half of it. I think the character was interesting. Uh, I know it's who uh, who Hank Azaria based Apu on. Okay. Uh, we talked about that last time. Yeah, yeah. What's your feelings on The Party? That's all I can say about The Party. I like it. I think it's a, a, a good movie. Like, it's a fun film. And it's time. And like I said last week, it's where I first, uh, not first heard, but where I first saw Claudine Langer. I knew her from, my dad had a, 
had a uh, Christmas, an A&M Christmas record called Something Else. Okay. And it was full of like the Baja Marimba band. Right. And, and back Alpert. then, most, uh, most albums with women uh, on the cover would uh, have them covered in whipped cream. I believe that was a standard And other thing. delights. Yeah. yeah, or they would cover them out of the delights. You're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, most women would be covered in whipped cream on the covers of things. That was just how sure. they were represented for a brief all, period all of time. Window, all albums were sold by be- with beautiful women on the covers. Yeah, That's covered true. in whipped cream. Yes, because men were the majority buyers. Right, and the records. Dairy Council would sponsor those albums. Exactly. <laughs> uh, try the other white milk. So then, Ugh. what? <laughs> so uh, there was a song in there. It's a Randy Newman song called Snow. It was sung by Claudine Langer, and I always liked ah. that song. And so she plays, in the movie, she plays this folk, or a singer who, an aspiring uh, singer who's trying to get into the business. And there's a guy who's exploiting her. And then Peter Sellers' character kind of protects her from this guy's advances. Oh, okay. And they become friends in the film. But basically, here's the thing about this movie. It's basically a Jacques Tati film. Okay. Done American version. So it's slightly it's slightly less kooky than a Tati one and and a little more linear, a little more, you know, kind of on on the button, on the nose, but it was an attempt to make a Tati film, for sure. There are elements of like playtime in the party. So if you've never seen like Mon Oncle or Playtime, Playtime's a little more difficult than Mon Oncle. Playtime is a film that Jacques Tati basically he built his own studio. He built this enormous set for this film in the, in his studio. And then he made this incredibly small, very like preciously detailed silent film comedy uh, in this giant studio, oh. which then had to be knocked down because they wanted to make a road through where it was. So he destroyed his studio to put a roadway through, which is weird because his next film was called Traffic. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, that's what the film is. So I per- personally, I would rather watch Mononcle the, than The Party. But I do like it. I do do like the film, and I like like Edwards a lot because I like the I like a I like the um I like a lot of the the Inspector Clouseau films. Okay. Before they got tiresome, and then also I loved his uh, work on Richard Diamond, the Dick Powell radio show. Oh, uh, okay. Which is a really good uh, kind of hard boiled detective cut, show. All right, very good. You know, I am all about the deep cuts, sir. Sure, you are. And yeah, and Blake Edwards was the scriptwriter for that show in, in its in its time. It's a very good radio show. I highly recommend it. If you go to Old Time Radio, it'll always come up first because it's still such a popular show. It's and called can, Dick Diamond. Called Richard Diamond. Richard private, Diamond. Private detective. And That's him. And he always sings at the end of the show because he, uh, Richard Powell or Dick Powell was a singer before he right. became a hard-boiled gumshoe in... Uh, what movie was it? What movie was it that he became a... A hard-boiled gumshoe? Yes. I don't know. And it changed his career because he was kind of sinking out of sight because he was his musical career was dying. I could not tell you. Please. I think it's Farewell, My Lovely, but I could be wrong. Very good. Hey, out there. Someone tell me. Someone tell me if I'm wrong. Okay, so we're working our way backwards. So the party, that's how we feel about the party. But, okay. Now we're working our way back to the original. So there we go, Mary. So I hope that makes you happy. Good. She's been unhappy all week with us. Yes. We have made her happy. Ed, back to you. I know you're unhappy with this because we, we've yeah, been Mary's sidebarring been on the all over the place. Watch. She's just been weeping. Ed, Ed yeah. is new to the show. He doesn't realize that we cannot. We're like we're like two. Uh, what was that? Two squirrels, or two dogs looking at squirrels. We cannot like keep our mind on one thing for very long. So that's why we're going off. The Great Race, though, is one of those <laughs> giant, giant film comedies from the '60s where the way you make something funny, yeah, is you don't write jokes for it. You throw money at it. Okay. The more money you put into a movie, okay. the more hilarious it's like it is. like Mad, 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 Mad World. In Mad, 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 Mad World would be an example of that exactly. Okay. The loved one 
uh, this film, The Wrong Box, the fa- the fabulous men in their flying machines movie. Yeah, there are so many many examples of, of that what's, movie. What's new, Pussycat? Okay, all these movies where you don't need jokes. What you need are uh, people talking in the hallway. What you need are to throw more <laughs> money at it. So this movie's it's it's lagging car race. This movie's lagging car race. This movie's lagging crazy car race. This movie's <laughs> lagging entirely the whole movie. Okay, crazy car race because that'll make it even better. How does it stand up to a cannibal run? I don't like any of those movies. Very good. It stands up to a cannibal run by being as funny to me as a cannibal run. Okay. Strong so, words. I Number s- three. There's a movie you like, and I also like it too. Uh, the Avengers, 2012. The, uh, the one with... Uh, okay, so we're not talking about the one with uh, Sean Connery? What? All right. Is there a movie called The Avengers with Sean Connery? Yes, sir, there is. What? Uma Thurman? Uh, Ray Fiennes? Oh, that! But Sean Connery's not in that, is he? Yes, he is. He's the villain. Oh, he's a villain. Oh, okay, you you started with him first, and I, he dresses I've as never a seen bear, a giant bear. It's They're all be. like all these bears that are giant uh, teddy bears that are around a table, mm. and one of them is uh, Sean Connery. I'm pretty sure that I didn't see that movie because it's directed by Mick G, who is a person that I do not like. His oh, movies. you don't? No, well, I do like a I do like a Charlie's Angels. So I don't like the movie. Oh, I do I do like a Charlie's Angels. Actually, I like the first Avenger that Avengers movie too when it came out. But no, <laughs> Avengers, uh, the Marvel one. Uh, it's a movie that shouldn't work and does work. How you come should... it shouldn't? Why shouldn't it work? Don't you think they planned for it to work? Oh, let me uh, explain. Have you yeah. seen a movie called Justice League? That should that should work, and but don't it doesn't you th- work. But here, but here's oh, this how is... hard. Is... Okay, go ahead. I do think that the event, the the way that Marvel planned the Avengers as an event film, was much smarter than the way that they planned the Justice League film, for instance. Okay. In the way that they introduced the characters in the in individual films coming up to the Avengers film. Whereas Justice League, it felt like, you know, well, all the movies before Justice League were dumpster fires. And so Justice League, it just it would be so hard to make it work. Well, Wonder Woman wasn't a dumpster fire. That did well. No, that's true. I, but, I'm just, I, but they but, all did well. The, all those films did well, okay, actually. But, I, mean, but I just mean in terms of artistically or whatever. Here's the difference, though. It's like uh, the Justice League yeah. uh, has as its leads, uh, or should have as its leads, Superman, yep. Batman, yep. Wonder Woman. Yep. Everyone gets those characters. Everyone knows those yeah. characters. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the Flash? Well, it's fine. He's had a TV show for like three seasons. Everyone knows the Flash. It's yeah. fine. Uh, who's a cyborg? Well, Teen Titans has been around in all these different forms. Everyone gets that. That's fine. These are all characters everyone knows. Mm-hmm. So you don't even don't need the big running lead up no. that you would need for Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Marvel. Uh, all those characters they've got in the Avengers, though we know them now, yeah. were third pretty, C pretty ex- or, or D yeah. level yeah. characters. They were obscure. Yeah, Iron Man. What Thor? That, that's I mean, listen. Every Marvel movie is about a character that shouldn't be interesting, and they make it interesting. <laughs> yeah. And the idea of like, how are you going to share? Well, except for Thor. Right, but how are you going to share and, and all these Hulk. characters? Mm-hmm. By the way, and the Hulk. Yeah. Who, honest to God, has never worked. Yeah. Right. Hulk never worked in all uh, like no, he's had two right. bomb movies. Yeah. You know, blech. so we got to have Well, the, he's not a pleasant character. Right. So like, we've got the we've got the Hulk. Yeah. We got to put that guy in. <laughs> How are we going to not have Robert Downey Jr. dominate everything? Yeah. Uh, you know, Captain America's I guess sort of interesting. You know, First Avenger, it's it was, it was okay. It was fine. See how that goes. Thor that is a bit of a snooze, but he was, yeah. he was okay. So yeah. those are your leads. What what do we got? It then? was good when he's getting run over. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Well, we saw her in uh, Iron Man two. Yeah. Oh, no one likes Iron Man two. <laughs> what's she do? Ugh. What's this? And then we're gonna throw in Hawkeye. Mm. Oh God, Hawkeye. The guy's got a bow and arrow. Yeah. What the sh- What the fuck is that? 
So we got to introduce all these characters, and then we got to have a big climactic scene in New York. Uh, well, what's that going to be about? How are you going to make that? And it all works. Yeah. And it smoothly keeps transitioning, and everything builds, and it's beautiful. And the first time you see Captain, Amer- you know, Captain America's fighting Loki, and he's fighting him in Germany. That's great. So Captain America's being Captain America in Germany, and like it's a it's a great like anti kind of Nazi thing they're doing there. And then yeah. when Iron Man shows up, and the two of them together, just a little acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Now they've got Loki. They put him on the thing. Then Thor shows up in the best way possible, yeah. and just grabs him, takes him out. Iron uh, Captain America does the line about uh, you know, there's only one God, and he doesn't look like him. It's like, what? That's a really good line. Yeah. Okay, we got a great fight between Iron Man and Thor. They're doing it's great. It just keeps going, and yeah. then the, the climax in New York. You make the Hulk work for the first time ever, <laughs> which is an amazing trick. Yeah, it's great. What I was gonna say. The what's good about the films leading up to it is that it it kind of delineates their personalities in a way that so the film doesn't have to explain them. Mm-hmm. So Avengers is really compact in its storytelling, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it work for me. Whereas I feel like Avengers Two is not a very compact film; it's a very loose, it's very loosey goosey. Yeah, they relax a bit more with it to the and detriment it, of the film. And it doesn't work as well for me because there's just too much stuff going on, and, and there's characters that pop in and out of it that you don't know about, don't know very well. Yeah, but but have had we been. Had we had Winter Soldier by that point? We'd had, I think we'd had Winter Soldier, yeah. Okay, that's the problem, though, is you can't do the... Like, it's almost cartoonish, the first three, uh, like Iron Man, Thor, and... Ca- or especially Thor and Captain America are yes, very cartoonish movies. for sure. So you can shorthand them in Avengers and it works. Yeah. But then they really expanded Captain America's character sure, yeah, in yeah. Uh, Winter Soldier. So you can't have him be that cartoony shorthand thing. Yeah. you got to relax it a bit more. And yeah, they relaxed it too much and then had... You know, they're fighting robots at the end, and who gives a shit? Yeah, it's you know, boring. It's you, boring I mean, the, you, I mean, they were fighting generic aliens in the first one, which again is kind of who gives a shit. <laughs> but they still had enough with the Loki character being interesting. Yeah, that you know, you cared. Well, th- there was enough good jokes going around that it worked. You know? Right, and there are and a sense of and a sense of of peril to the people that the other film didn't really give you like a real sense of peril. Like people people are running around and stuff like that, but you didn't get a sense of like. Oh, these people are in danger. There was no like scene in a bank or, or yeah. where they're protecting people from attack. You know, it's just kind of weirdly done that. Yeah, they didn't seem super like, I mean, they really seemed in over their heads in the climax of the first one of like, I don't know what we're yeah. going to, let's yeah. just do it though. Let's mm-hmm. try our best. Everyone's yeah. way in over their heads. Whereas it felt like, nope, they're all kind of confident in, yeah. in, in the, the next one. And especially the climactic scene where all well, the yeah. robots are running at yeah. them and they're all fighting them and no one's getting hurt. And it's like, oh, who cares? It just had like, that Star Wars droid feeling of like where the Jedi Absolutely. are fighting the, the, the yeah. droid there's, characters. There's a lot that I really like in, uh, in Avengers 2, but Avengers 1 is tight, start to finish, boom, 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 boom. And then has the great uh, shawarma scene at the end, and just, it's just joyful <laughs> yes. and uh, and fantastic. Yes, I remember how happy that made us feel, just that they would give us that. Yeah. In the film, you know, it just felt like, oh, here's a little gift for you. You know, here's yeah. Little, you'll like this. Um, yeah, yeah. It's funny, like it's funny when you say that because Avengers two turned me off the film almost in the first minute of the movie. Mm. I was off board, and then I just sat, kind of sat on the sidelines and watched it. So interesting. And uh, Avengers uh, has the line of. The, that guy's playing Galaga, which was great. Yes. So then you cut back later and see he is playing Galaga. Yeah, yeah. Boop, 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 boop. I think you'll agree with number two. Okay. Which is a, a very good movie. Although I have I have my res- reservations about it, which is A Night at the Opera. Okay. You know, some people would say it's the very best Marx Brothers film in terms of how developed, well, well-developed it is storyline. The storyline is well-developed. The 
you know, it has a real sense of plot, struck, you know, it's very structured, et cetera, et cetera. My problem with it is that, and I do like it a lot, my problem with it is that it starts to change how the characters are because they need to, they need to, they become, they kind of become, I've said to someone else, they become slaves to the storyline rather than. Right. But you're not, in that case, and you don't necessarily have to, it's, you can watch a movie any way you want. Yeah. But then you're judging it with the other movies, not as its own movie. Yeah, Whereas that's I'd true. say, if you were just to show a person one Marx Brothers movie, yeah. that's a good one. Because mm-hmm. it just, it's, it's solid. It is very solid film. Yeah. yeah it sure. makes sense. And yeah. uh, then you can move on to the other ones and see things get more chaotic or more structured. <laughs> yeah. Whichever direction you decide to go in. Yeah. Like yeah. you prefer, your favorite is, uh, like a duck soup. Is that your favorite? I think I would say Monkey Business is my. Okay. My current, my current most favorite movie, Animal Crackers or Monkey Business. Those are my two films that I kind of right. are kind of going around in circles. So uh, yeah, I prefer I prefer more nonsense and I prefer more hijinks and more goofing around. Yeah. Whereas in Night, Night of the Opera, you do get like a slapstick kind of sequence, which I th- but I thought it was interesting that you point. Oh man, I'm gonna step onto a step on your line from a show that no, hasn't come do. out yet. So I'm sorry about that. But this was your point that you made, which is that. When it gets to that point, you kind of feel like this could be anyone doing this physical stuff mm. because it could be anyone. That's not really what the Marx Brothers are about right. is slapstick or whatever, you know. And and so I feel like those films, you know, they kind of change the characters. And then once that happened, that snowball kept getting bigger and bigger as and the change became more and more pronounced right. as, as, through each film. And so those little chinks in the armor, keep, you know, keep getting bigger and bigger and it starts to really affect you know harpo's character changes you know he goes from being a he goes from being like a kind of a strange pixieish character to becoming a, just a mute mm. who can't speak and has to whistle and make you know do charades in order to, c- to convey information to yeah people. it feels like he chooses not to speak before and, yeah uh, yeah he's uh he's restricted yeah uh but yeah it's again it's got a really good uh ending with all the trapeze stuff oh it's fantastic you know i mean yeah. i don't want to put it down because i love the film it's yeah. it's my you know like i think it's my sec for whatever reason i rated it second highest when i was mm. during for the during for our podcast full marks i gave it like the second highest rating or a tie it's in a tie with duck soup which monkey business isn't in a tie because I'm just, you know, when I'm doing that, I'm thinking in terms of like film quality, not how much I love it, you know, the elements that I love so much for whatever reason. I love a movie based on a boat. I have no idea why my favorite, (laughs) my favorite Buster Keaton film is the navigator, which is him trapped on a, on an ocean liner. That's been a cast, a cast adrift. And I just, I love that film. I just like the idea of, I love the idea of being in this kind of enclosed community in the in the monkey business or just in this big giant thing that you you just kind of can do whatever you want in you know like that'd be kind of fun if you want to hear us talk about this movie more we talk about it for about two hours yes. in another podcast full marks uh episode uh, something look it up it's on the same site that uh, episode prob- number five yeah it's probably like wherever you downloaded this you can download that yeah okay uh number one number one is with a bullet is it bullet it's not bullet okay it's The Empire Strikes Back. All right. I mean, if you're going to have a favorite film, I don't, I can. I mean, we were talking about Avengers just a little while ago, and like yeah. the new Avengers movie, really, uh, Empire Strikes Back. It, yeah. You know, it's that uh, experience of. I, I wonder if it is a little bit of a cheat in that, you know, because it doesn't really end, yeah. you don't have to. It, 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 it makes it more exciting. You know, it, uh, well, but it does have a climax. Oh, it has a, it has, like, it doesn't, it peter has a cli- out. no, no, it has a climax. Yeah. 
But because you don't have to stick the landing on everything, which is a really difficult thing to do, you can just do the action and the Cute. exciting, and you can do all the... Okay. Da, 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 da. Cut it off. Here's it's a question. It's almost a trailer. If it had flopped, and there was no more Star Wars films after it, okay, would it be a bad film? If it had just ended the story there? Yeah. That's an interesting question. I think you would have had... It would have changed your opinion of it, I think. Well, it depends, because like you as a... You know, I saw it as a kid. And you have your Me own. Too. You have your own fictions as to what's uh, what's going to happen. I think you would have mm. just written your own. It would. It, it like when you say there'd be no more afterwards. There would always be something afterwards, whether it would be books or something else that would. But we don't know the story. Uh, the, yeah. In my storyline, Star Wars was popular. Star Wars was very popular, yeah. but Empire Strikes Back sank the franchise because it was such a such a disaster. Okay. And not because it was a disaster. It's still the same movie. It's just so. It was so. It was this one not accepted. It was too dark. It didn't. It didn't have an ending. It didn't. didn't you know. Yeah. Whatever people's complaints might have been. I think then, yeah, you'd have a thing where like uh, people like you and me would just be around here smoking cigarettes, going, "No one got it." <laughs> we got it. We it would have changed culture that much. We people would still smoke that. Uh, much, yeah. We understood yeah. the, what it was. Yeah, people would still smoke. Oh wow! I'm glad it. I'm glad it succeeded. That I don't want to. Yeah, really. Uh, Return of the Jedi was made people stop smoking. Yeah, that Return was the thing. Return of the Jedi. Uh, Yep, that was a that was a film where like you know, uh, Obi Wan's ghost goes. I actually died from smoking. There's so Don't many smoke. problems with that film. Return of the Jedi. It's a different movie, but yes, okay, go ahead. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. There's so many problems with that film. Oh, there sure are. Yeah. Like, I mean, the thing about the thing about Empire Strikes Back that's interesting is not just that it's it's a good Star Wars. It's how good a movie it is. Like, it's it has great performances. Mm-hmm. It's it's beautifully shot. Right. It's done. And it was done like uh, I have a book uh, written by the the press agent who was working on Empire Strikes Back. So it's written from his point of view, and it's interesting to read it because you get all this back behind the scenes information, like things like scenes where it's like a major climactic scene, but they didn't have enough money to build a full set, so they just threw a bunch of stuff together and then just put a dark in the background. Mm. And I believe it's the scene where Luke confronts Darth Vader. Sure. All right. Uh, and it's that there's nothing there. They just like threw a bunch of stuff together just so they could do that scene. They needed it. They the director yeah. felt he needed it. Yeah, and he so, did need that. And so you know, it is on the cheap. They they put it together, and uh, and it's brilliant though. It's that's how you make movies. Sometimes like a better movie is a movie where your producer is mad at you because you have overruns on your on your budget, and it's sending a lot of it is sending a lot of angry telegrams, and even visits the movie to berate people sure. and get mad at them. You know, so those kind of challenges that you that you face you can can make a film better because you know you really have to you really have to get razor sharp in your yeah. focus to get this thing done. Otherwise, it's and, not going to work. Sometimes, when you have infinite movie uh, money, you make a solo by mistake. Okay, I have not seen that film, so I can't mm. comment on it. Okay, but sometimes you have infinite money. Yeah, sometimes you have infinite money, and and you make. Well, sometimes no, it's not. Sometimes you have infinite money. Sometimes you have. The wrong idea of what is good about what you what you have, and you make Return of the Jedi. You okay. disagree? Uh, well, uh, I think you can have listen because that I, movie is all about mostly all about the wrong idea of what characters are. That that's one that uh, feels like uh, even though it wasn't owned by Disney, then the Disneyfication of everything. That that was one that felt like we got to sell some action figures. Sure. Like uh, Empire Strikes Back felt like a movie because and it, uh, and Return of the Jedi felt yeah. like. 
it's an event that's supposed to yeah, move yeah. product and it's fine and we got to wrap things it's up and it's all super it's not fine yeah i mean the only the only all. big flaw of uh, the imp- no i think it is fine like people in the theater saw it and aside from blowing up i hated, uh, it. I hated blowing, it when i saw it in the theater blowing up the thing uh, well the people in the audience didn't hate it when you saw it i was in the audience i know but the people in the audience around i'm you a person just, yeah i know okay but you were the odd man out in that I most people did enjoy was. it yeah you're right uh, i mean my only big problem with uh Empire Strikes Back, and it's fine because you can take it as you take it. But yeah. you know, uh, the only the problem with Empire Strikes Back is uh, it kind of fucks up Star Wars. Like Star Wars is kind of a perfect movie on its own and sure. wraps up and is finished. Yeah. And then Empire Strikes Back uh, does the old sequel thing of wait, no, things are way worse than we said. Okay. I know it looked like that was a happy ending, but brother, things have gone to shit. <laughs> way worse. And yeah. if and if you can't like, it's kind of fun to just watch Star Wars as its own thing, sure, as a complete film and go like. Ah, it's nice, yeah. uh, but you watch it and go like, "Oh, he doesn't know that that's his sister, and he doesn't know that that's his." Uh, and it's like, "Yeah, but they, she wasn't, and he wasn't, it and matter. that wasn't yeah. part of what this was." And yeah. you can project on it now, sure. but they didn't plan for that, yeah. and this was just shoved, shit they shoved in later. And so you're looking at it, going, "Ah, you know, he doesn't know." And it's like, "No, no, it's it could be like a little romance, and like, will they, won't they?" And then there's the other charming guy, and she likes both of them, but who knows who she's going to go out with? Or if she's going to go out with anybody, she's busy. She's doing her own thing. Who knows? Uh, what's what's his real story? What's the what are the secrets? Who cares? It's fine. Everything's wrapped up. The empire was destroyed. Yeah. It's all fine. Yeah. Good one out. A uh, kid who wanted to go to the stars did and saved the universe. The yeah. end. Hooray! Nice ending. No, it's way screwed up. Now you got to be a celibate monk. What? Why has he got to be a celibate monk? I hate all that stuff. Why has he got to be that shit? Why has he got to dress in black? Why do we got to have a Sarlacc pit? Why do we got to do all this fucking shit? I was like, okay, fine. Why has Han Solo got to come out of Carbonite chubbier than when he went in? Why is, why <laughs> is this you, all you're about? You're complaining about the wrong movie. If you're going to put down Return uh, or Empire Strikes Back as being a bad film, I mean... No, I, no. Empire Strikes Back starts starts the uh, all the myth stuff. Like That's where it like gives you all the backstory. It's the start of it that you have to then wrap it up later i guess and also, i mean star wars did too but you just didn't feel the need that to wrap up what the clone wars was and all that kind of stuff like yeah and those you, are just like things those are words said in the movie that you go okay and obi-wan coming back as like a friendly ghost to help you is just like uh, it was it was nice so to, you didn't like yoda in, in the last jedi in in the last jedi oh you mean that one yeah well by that point we've established all the fucking ghosts i, I was just happy to see yoda not as an asshole, which he was in all the prequels. Yeah. You know, there he was back again being a trickster puppet. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Instead of a CGI yeah. jerk off, sure. which he was in the. One thing I complained about Les Jet is he didn't sing about seagulls in that movie. If he'd done that, I would have been all over that's it. That's true. Uh, boy. Yeah, I, the Yoda scenes are pretty great. I wish I could go back in time. Not kill, back in time. Kill Hitler. No, no. I wish that I could. Someone find me the word for it I'm going to describe. I wish that I Farfenugan. could. Farfenugan. <laughs> I think that's already taken. I wish that I could watch a movie like Star Wars, uh, Return of the Jedi, whatever, with the same sense of wonder, innocent wonder, as I saw the original Star Wars in grade five. Okay. You know, by the time I saw Return of the Jedi, I was a very jaded grade 12, and I did not enjoy the movie at all. And, and there's lots of elements that were designed, basically designed in that movie to put, be off-putting to me. You know, the Ewoks and stuff like that. That just seemed so... And then the fact the movie's dull <laughs> also doesn't well, help. Well, the problem, the problem but, is... Well, so, go ahead. You finish your point. What, what, I think Empire Strikes Back, you know, I watched just on the cusp of that. I was in grade eight when that 
when that mm-hmm. movie came out. And so I was still youngish, you know, still, you know, kind of a, just becoming a teenager and, and not, hadn't quite reached full on jerk status yet. So that movie could still, you know, I could still watch it with a sense of, oh, wow, this is great, you know, and not worry about, gee, it's adding a lot of myth to this thing. Boy, oh boy, what are they going to do with the Jedi? Are they going to make them celibate monks? They're going to make them elitist snobs that yeah. have special blood. That you can't have love. Have, yeah. Why? Why can't you have love? Yeah. You got to take love, love out of the bad. mix. Yeah, because love leads to what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as dark Once as, again, they're like the Catholic Church. They don't want their property that's being... That's the problem. It becomes too Catholic Church. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, like the Empire Strikes Back, while physically a dark movie, yeah. uh, it's not... You get a weird stu- uh, thing happening with Return of the Jedi where... You know, it's ending with all these cuddly characters, you know, yeah, all home aloneing it yeah. and doing things and playing skulls. Uh, but the, but it opens so dark yeah. with like, you know, there's a, a, a girl alien who's dancing and then she gets fed to the thing and it's all cruel and sadistic and everything's cruel. Mm. And then it's like, it's a Sarlacc pit, which is just too over the top for me yeah. Yeah. of just like, you will be slowly digested for a thousand years and no agony for all that time. Well, that's a fucking horror show. <laughs> well, blow that shit up. Why does this exist? That's just wait. That's not very fair to the Sarlacc. This is it's just not his fault. This is just well, tough shit. If you're gonna like digest people for a thousand years, you gotta die. You're no, you gotta die. You're no good. Uh, that's terrible. Horror. It's just it's just a horrible horror like all these super horror movie cruel things and a yeah. lot of ah, ah and it's just like ugh. you know. Whereas uh, with the Empire, though the I though it the mood is is darker you know it all leads up to the goriest thing is just luke getting his hand cut off yeah but when he does you're like jeez his hand got cut off it's a huge thing whereas like well who would care about that in the third movie because everything's blowing up in horror and uh, and then later on everything's but yeah empire strikes back solid movie yes agreed good movie agreed i think they're really it's interesting reading that book how mad george lucas was through that whole film i think that's why uh Return of the Jedi is the way it is that that movie is a reaction of a scared person mm. to a to a something that was very risky that that scared him a lot and so he's making this comfort movie uh, in Return of the Jedi which is very much you know it's it's a very popcorn very crowd pleasing film whereas Return of the Jedi you know takes some chances has some interesting things in it and uh, yeah so in every way it's just a more it's more grown up well than, it feel yeah it feels like uh, Star Wars was kind of the perfect American movie. Yeah. It was a perfect American movie of sure. like, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you can save the world and you're the superpower and here we go and hooray, we won, we beat the Nazis. Yeah. That's fantastic. And the second movie was a European movie of just like, listen, you want to beat the Nazis? Well, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lot of trouble. With yeah, yeah. It's very hard sure. and it's going to be a long slog because we know what it's like to beat the Nazis. Yeah. And it's not just, yeah, you beat them, no dice. Yeah. This is what it's like. So European, European. And then went back to American of just like, no, we just blow them up again. Hooray. And we make friends and everything. So, no, no. It just seems dumb after you've gone European to, to do that. You hmm. couldn't, you, you couldn't quite do that. And then it all becomes Lego. So that's how it goes. <laughs> and that's how most kids see it first now is they see the Lego version and I then guess, see the real version. I guess that's it. And I, yeah, that's it. And so You're that's right. it. You're That's right. a top ten movie. I have nothing left. Like nothing left to say about Empire Strikes Back. David, I feel, is, David is spent. I feel drained of that. And topic. all it took was almost three hours to talk about all this stuff. For a movie that I've seen three times, I feel like it's. Uh, I talk about it too much. Okay, fair enough. But if so you twice in the theater, once and, once on home video, and once in a dream. 
What is a dream? If you want us to talk about your top ten movies, uh, there are ways of having that happen. Uh, let me explain. Would you? I would. Could uh, you? I, this is usually the point where you go, I've got Should one you? more thing to discuss, and it's going to be a half hour long. Oh, is it? No. Okay. Uh, in which case, uh, you can contact well, can us. Can I just say on air? During the show, I mean. Uh-huh. Can I just yeah. th- thank you for the gifts you brought back from Spain for me? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much. I, appreciate I, I got Dave a bar of gold and a bar of chocolate. He brought, brought me a Bitcoin. Yep. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm telling you. You said it's that anyway. I'm telling him it's a Bitcoin. It's actually a rock. <laughs> I got some Tintin stuff. You got some Tintin books for me. Thanks yeah. And, and luckily Dave didn't have them, which is amazing. Uh, and I also got him a copy of Mad Magazine, which is the uh, Halloween issue, which I have a story in. So uh, that should be out uh, three days from when this episode drops. So check it out. Three days after, right? Yep. Three, three days. days from. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Or four Sorry. days, because it'll be... Uh, I think so. Eh, what have you? If you see if you see a Halloweeny uh, cover for Mad, uh, I, I'm in that. Uh, but if you want to write to us, uh, we're at sneakydragon.com, and uh, that's where we put up our episodes. And underneath each episode is a space for you to comment uh, on our message boards, and so that's a good way of doing that. If you want to email sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Been getting quite a few emails from you lately, and it's always a treat to hear from you. Sure is. And uh, no one tweets us. Why would you? But if you want to, that's at sneaky underscore dragon. And if you do tweet us, we'll go, what? Yeah. Uh, it's shocking. And we're also on Tumblr. Maybe you comment there. We don't really check it that much. You know what? Uh, who knows? So sneakydragon.tumblr.com is where we are there. So send us your top ten lists uh, if you wish, and we'll uh, go through them. Or comment on what we have said in this silly show and go, well, that was uh, wrong or that was right. And so on. And uh, now, brief thing of plugs. Uh, my wife Pia has a book that's coming out uh, in uh, in a week uh, called uh, "Me the People." That's her editorial cartoons. It's out from Image Comics. It's a very slick looking book, and we just saw it, and it looks nice. And it will be in bookstores and comic book stores. So pick her up. Edited by a former friend of the show, Branwen Bigglestone. That's yeah. absolutely correct. It has a nice uh, uh, blurb on the back from Sarah Silverman. Cool. Yeah, she's she's cool. And uh, later on this month, uh, I think October 19th, something like that, uh, Exorcisters is coming out from Image as well, a comic book that I've been working on for a while. Uh, so pick that up. Me and Giselle Legacy have put that together. We're very happy with how that looks. And David and I did a book uh, with Nina Matsumoto called Sparks that's still in stores. Uh, two cats dress up like a dog and save the world. Uh, they say it's for kids. I say it's all ages. Why not pick it up? Decide for yourself. Rate it. Rate it on Amazon. Or, or Goodreads or wherever you want to rate it. Yeah. The important thing is you read it and you enjoy it. Speaking of tweets, we did get one tweet, which was tweet, someone tweet. Uh, tweet. someone chose um, sorry, someone chose Full Marks. The uh, Night of the Opera episode is the best best podcast of the week. His best podcast of the week. I don't know if it's official. Oh, whatever, that's that very nice. nice. You didn't see that? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I should check things out. I more. was very excited because he also called it a sidecast. Ah, I did see that. You were being very happy with it being called a sidecast, yes. Yes. And there's, uh, I forget the name of it, but apparently on uh, this other Marx Brothers podcast, we got mentioned as well. Uh, On the Marx Brothers Council. There you go. That's another good podcast. It's an enjoyable enjoyable discussion podcast with people who also love the Marx Brothers. Less, it has a different focus than ours. They tend to like choose a topic. Like the music of the Marx Brothers. Brothers, That's right. And and they'll go through it. mm Mm-hmm. And if you want to listen to our other past sidecasts, we did one about the Beatles called Completely Beatles and one about uh, Tintin called Totally Tintin. Can you see a theme in our names? Well, that's what we do. We think it's clever. I don't know. 
It's branding. But if you want to hear us go through every Tintin book or every Marx Brothers album, Marx Brothers album, that would be, oops, that would be a mistake. <laughs> every Beatles album, you can uh, listen, to, listen, to, listen those. to those. Listen to those. I'll tell you what I'm not looking forward to. When we do the Bible. No, well, that'd be kind of fun. But no, I'm not looking forward to standing up after the show's over. I'm really stiff right now. I'm really Oh, okay. It. I just wondered if you like peed your pants or something. That too. All right. Well, uh, we'll see what ha- we'll see what happened, and we'll let you know next week uh, the, the state of David's trousers. Uh, thanks for listening to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. That's David. Oh, this does not look good. Oh no. Okay, I'll get the hose. Mm-hmm.